What's up, everybody? Welcome to the House of Mario, the South Australian Nintendo podcast that is backed by a 120 power star rating. I'm your host, Drew Agnew, and the doors to episode 155 are open. This week on the show, we're going to be discussing a lot of things, so many things, including uh, Nintendo uh, first-party developers and when they're going to be bringing out a game, because it's it's been a long time. It's been a long time. And to discuss all that is my wonderful BTD. It's Bryce DeWitt. How you going, mate? Hey, man. How you doing? Yeah, I'm going very well, man. How are you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> about, as, about as good as life is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's good. So, <laughs> as, as good as life is. And <laughs> I respond to that. Well, you know, you could respond to it in many ways. You could just be like, well, somebody kicked my dog and I had to chase him down the street in my towel. Mm. You know, you, you could just is that what you had something up. Is that what you had to do? Is that why you're so down? No, no, no. No, that's all right then. No, thank God for that. Mm. Well, I uh, I missed last week. It's one of the, well, the second time I've ever missed an episode of the show, Bryce, so... It was a. Yeah. It was, you did a great job last week hosting the show with Peachy. It was, it was fun Thank sitting. It's fun sitting back and actually having a listen for once, rather than being on it. <laughs> yeah, shame about your dental appointment, though. Yeah. So last week I missed my dental. I didn't miss it. I went. I went to the hospital to get my four wisdom teeth out, and uh, they asked me, "So do, do you have a cough?" And I'm like, "Yes, yes, I do have a cough." And they went, "Oh, oh no, coronavirus. I oh, know we can't do you anymore." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. are you serious? Because like, I, I wouldn't have, like, I was, I was a little bit concerned as well. So like, oh, I've got a cough, you know, I'm doing a dental procedure in the mouth. It, it makes sense to be a bit concerned. But the, the hospital rang me and they said, you know, do you have a cough? And I said, yeah. And they didn't really seem to care much. I'm like, oh, okay, fair enough. Like, you know, I don't have symptoms. I don't have any other symptoms. So I guess they're not too worried about it, but mm. they were. They were, <laughs> yeah. Whoops. Uh, yeah. So, how did you uh, find being the host? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it's been a long time since I last did it. And I mean, like, I guess last time I did it with Dylan. Yeah. So, it was sort of like, you know, we're, we're both podcasters. We could bounce off each other really well. Whereas this time I'm like, I'm going to opt for a greenhorn and see how I go with that. And like, you know, our experience was good overall and it worked. And like, I can bounce off him. All right. Because we talk to each other all the time. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Um. So, it was good. Uh, shame about some of the audio issues. I tried to clean it up as much as possible. Um, but, yeah, you know, um, other than that, like, a bit of a story behind that, basically, is we had technical issues for the first two hours. Um, and <laughs> yeah. it was it was really shitty. Um, our solution ended up being him plugging in two headsets because at first I was like, you know, he's he's using a gaming headset similar to mine, right? Mm. Same brand, like same series. I'm like, okay, I know the series of those mics is good. The headsets are fine. He'll be able to hear me. Hear me there's no problem. I'm like, great. Let's uh, give it a crack. And then for some reason, his microphone would record literally everything. Mm. in audacity so that includes my voice that includes his voice like we could have almost pretty much just used his audacity recording for the episode but we didn't obviously because you know being a headset it picks up literally everything yeah so i had to go back and just make sure that like 
there wasn't any existential breaths and stuff like that at the start and all that. He did a really good job at monitoring his own audio for somebody that was using a gaming headset. And he noticed after the first 10 minutes that like his breathing was very accentuated. So he cut back on it and like managing two headsets trying to do that. And I would imagine be a massive pain in the ass, but he pulled it off. And that meant I only really had to clean up the first 10 minutes. And even then it was basically just like making sure that the breathing bits and like some of the little nuances were cleaned up. But apart from that, yeah, it turned out pretty right, which is good. Was he using yeah. a webcam? Could you see him sort of MacGyvering it together, holding it all no. up? <laughs> that no. would have been pretty funny to see, actually. <laughs> it would have been pretty funny to see yeah. because I could only imagine uh, exactly how it would have went. But, um, you know, he 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 managed it. Uh, he he did have a microphone somewhere, like a proper microphone, but he's been mo- he's moved a few times since he's last used it. Right. So he doesn't even know if he has it anymore. Um, <laughs> it's an expensive so, loss. Yeah. Well, no, it wasn't, you know, it, it was like snowball grade, if not a bit lower, mm. you know. So it was just something that he sort of picked up for doing Twitch streaming, which is something that I mentioned he he does from time to time at the end of the episode. But he's going through a revamp and sort of trying to figure out his hardware and stuff. Yeah. Um, mm. And he would have just used that microphone for streaming probably. Um, but he's like, I think it's around here somewhere. Go look, couldn't find it while I was trying to figure out our technical issues. So it's just like, all right, well, I'll try this instead. So he tried two headsets and it worked. So mm. you know, it's good. Yeah, the story of a podcast, right? There's always something wrong. That's why when it comes to when it came to getting this roadcaster, it's kind of like, you know what? I'll spend the money because this thing is a godsend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and getting literally. this all working. Yeah. Yeah, what seven hundred dollars and like it's the best piece of equipment we've ever bought for the show. Mm. Yeah. Like by by any other standard. Like we've we've had microphones and stuff like that, obviously. Like obviously our microphones are good and we, we love them and like they they do the job they need to, but that roadcaster is just whew, 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 the oh. epitome of like mm. perfect purchases for a podcast. Yeah. I really I reckon Rode would be the perfect sponsor for this show because I absolutely love this thing. I'll say as many good things about it as possible. If anyone out there yeah. wants to spend a bit of money and be able to record a podcast real easy, it's really, really useful. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So, Bryce, I'm I'm, uh, I'm happy you're going well, even though you said you're going as well as life could be. I don't know <laughs> what even that means. But I assume you're going well, Bryce. I hope you're going well. Yeah, we're going good apart from some, you know, uh, sick kids, which is why I'm currently recording from home. Oh, absolutely. Because, uh, yeah. yeah. So again, <laughs> coronavirus. Yeah. Bryce is coming you know. in remotely because um, he doesn't want to pass on any strains of whatever his kids have, which is fair yeah. enough. I appreciate that. I don't want any strains coming into the house of Mario necessarily. And vice versa, if I've got any strains, I don't want them going into the house of Bryce. (laughs) No, that's exactly right. Mm. Even though like both times that we're like, I feel a bit sick. We've we've interacted with each other in some way. I delivered you dinner when you were sick the other week and we uh, traded some trash Mm. Pokemon for like a a challenge, like a a mission thing on go. Yeah. Yeah. You had to deliver me fish and chips because I couldn't leave my house (laughs) because I just had a Corona test. Which, yeah. which was a lot of fun. Um, it wasn't too bad. The actual test wasn't too bad. It made me made my eyes water up when it went up the nose. But like the of next course. couple of the next couple of days, like 
my like the top of my nose just felt real bruised on one side where it went up. Yeah. 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 So that was I would only imagine that'd be a pain in the ass. Yeah, it wasn't great, but it wasn't it wasn't super bad. If anyone's worried about having to do it, you know, you'll get over it. <laughs> Tough of things. Yeah. Not too bad. Just just get it done. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you think you need to, get it done. Yeah. Yes. Get it done. Get it done. So, Bryce, before we move into some Nintendo news, I've, we've got some announcements to make. So, the first one might be obvious depending on where you're consuming this podcast, but uh, now mm. The House of Murray is available on video o- over on YouTube.com uh, slash iDruby or whatever the URL is going to be. I think you need to reach like a 100 subs to get that, so not quite there yet. But, um, yeah, we're on video now, so it might have been obvious that Bryce is sitting in his little dungeon um, by himself and I'm here by myself. That's right, Yeah. yeah. So, I guess uh, any concerns that people think, oh, you know, the show's moving to video, so now it's going to be more video orientated, um, don't worry about that. Um, the main focus will always be the audio side of things. Um, yeah. ma- mainly, even if it's just my own bias that I personally listen to all my podcasts and audio. And uh, one of our listeners, uh, Jamie Penning, actually brought up like he doesn't quite like it when he's listening to a podcast and they're referring to go and watch the video version to see something. Because, like, you know, mm. you're in the car. It's like, oh, go and watch the YouTube video. It's kind of like, no. <laughs> I've, yeah. I've decided to listen to it like this. Why would I go and go to YouTube just so I can see you hold up a plush toy or whatever it is? So, no mm. concerns there. It's just an extra option if you want to consume us in a video way. You might have dual monitors on your PC and you might be gaming and you might want a podcast in the background. So, now we're there on YouTube. Yeah. And it should hopefully. Easy, easy access. Mm. Yeah. And it, hopefully it helps with, um, you know, some searching and people discovering the show for the first time. Um, so, yeah, if that is you discovering us for the first time on YouTube, um, there's a other 154 episodes av- available on podcast services. So, there's your backlog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a big one. <laughs> don't don't go back too far, though. No. I'll be no. embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. Go, go yeah, back to- like as far as back as like friggin' episode 10. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe episode 100 start there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, um, another big one, but so I've been looking forward to doing this for a long time. Um, I'm actually starting up a brand new Nintendo podcast um, that's going to go side by side with this one. And it's called The House of Mario Encore. And basically, it's going to be a solo podcast uh, with myself or Bryce whenever he wants to jump in. Uh, just discussing Nintendo topics that are mainly evergreen, not revolving around news. So really looking forward to getting to that one. That's going to be on YouTube as well, as well as uh, podcast services. Um, it's going to be in its own podcast feed. Uh, so um, if you don't necessarily need more content from us, you don't have. it's not going to fill up your feed. But if you do, uh, obviously we really appreciate if you go over and check it out. Um, the first episode is basically about uh, meeting me and getting a better idea of my gaming habits and uh, sort of what got me into gaming and all of that. And I got to admit, when I first started, I was a bit rusty getting into the intro because it's a brand new intro and I kept on fucking it up. Mm. And I, ha- yeah. I have a lot of bloopers on my computer, I tell you that. But once I got through that intro and I just started talking, I'm like, I went for an hour and a half. So it's a long one. Um, not every episode's going to be that long. I'm thinking anywhere from 30 minutes to like, maybe 45 minutes, depending on the topic, how deep I need to go on. But uh, yeah, we're looking forward to that one. That comes out Thursday as uh, this podcast is being recorded. So if you're listening on on like the day this comes out or or the day after, um, it's almost out. But what I'm... Oh, sorry, Bryce, you go. 
It's good to note that we have messed messed with this concept before, and we do have an episode mm. similar on our feeds, but we're re we're revamping it, much like what we did with uh, one of our other podcasts, Cracking Furfies. Yeah, so um, yeah, because the House of Mario Encore it was originally on Patreon. We sort of wanted a way to offer um, people that supporting us on Patreon some more Nintendo content. And yeah. I don't know about you, Bryce, but I really enjoyed just sitting down and going deep and dirty onto like a certain topic and blabbering yeah. yeah so i thought it'd be like a fun thing to actually do each week or whatever and um yeah um looking at sort of my schedule going into uh like shearing season and that this year shearing is going to be very very interesting because um new zealanders can't get into australia so we're going to be lacking a lot of shearers and that means mm. it's going to be a lot more work <laughs> it's going to be a lot yeah. more busy um, so I don't know what my schedule is going to be over the next four months of this year. It's going to be a bit interesting, but I'm going to be, I'm going to hope to try and be organized and keep it coming each month or each week. Sorry. Um, but going into that, Bryce, I'm, I'm going to start a giveaway for, um, the house of Mario Encore. And if we reach 50 iTunes or a- Apple podcast reviews for the house of Mario Encore, um, within say two months, I'm going to give away a Nintendo Switch game to someone who leaves a review. So, Ooh. just to encourage, um, you know, pe- give back to our community that support us, and also sort of encourage uh, Apple Podcast reviews because uh, it, it's really quite important that we try and get a good kickstart for this show. Um, you know, growing this show, it was you know it's very it was very slow, sort of like the first couple of years. But I feel like now at the point where we can try and have a little, at least a little bit more of a, a lead on that. So um, mm-hmm. when it comes out, uh, jump over the Apple podcast and leave a review. And if you haven't left yep. a review for the House of Mario, go over there too. Yeah. Oh, God. Better do that. Yeah. So how do you feel about <laughs> the House of Mario on Core, Bryce? Looking forward to getting it out there? Yeah, like for sure. And I'm pretty sure I was the person who did the first episode that went up on podcast services you were yeah you did it all about rare yeah that's right um and then one more after that which was mobile games Mm. yeah so um they were really fun to do like just to sort of sit back and you know yammer on and whatever and then (laughs) we got to we, we got a bit busy uh because i believe that happened just before sort of summertime uh last year Mm. I think. Yeah. And, you know, summer's summer's really busy for both of us in general, I think. So it was sort of just like, well, we'll just see how we go. And now we're sort of coming back to it. We're like, yeah, um, if we tried to put it out more often, take it off Patreon, sort of make it more of a consumable thing um, and just have fun with it, you know, that's the good way to go, I guess. And um, it'll be good fun. Yeah. And I feel like it's a, a really quite unique pro- product in the podcasting space as well. Um, just yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because like a lot of Nintendo podcasts, they are, you know, kind of similar to what our, our format is. And, you know, we'll, we'll definitely not the first ones to do this either. Um, no. But yeah, the House of Mario Encore, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to play around with. And yeah, it, absolutely. Yeah. Just on my end, I'm sorry if, it, if the rain's picking up, but it's just pelting down with rain outside. Is it raining real hard at your place? Yeah, I can yeah. hear. It. I, can, I, was, I can hear it through my headphones. I'm like, Holy shit! <laughs> I had the same concern myself. I'm like, oh crap, that's going to come through the audio. <laughs> yeah, it just started bucketing down. I'm like, oh my god! And like, um, mm. I don't have a, I don't have a tin roof here, 
And I really miss it because I don't hear the rain at nighttime in bed anymore. And I absolutely used to love that when I lived back at the farm. Um, yeah. I was just thinking like for podcasting, imagine if that happened when it, whenever it rained, you could hear the rain on the tin roof. It's like, mm, maybe it's a good thing I don't have a tin roof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As a podcaster, yes. <laughs> yes. Otherwise, you have to get up and you have to like foam your, uh, <laughs> your whole ceiling on the outside. <laughs> <laughs> See what that looks like. You're like up there in the weather. You're like, stop. <laughs> Quiet, I'm trying to record a house Mario. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bryce. Enough of that. Uh, would you like to move into some news or would you like to not move into some news? Yeah, I'll try and uh, sync up. <laughs> sync up uh, the iFight for my friends. Wait for it to fail, but it'll be worth it. All right. Good luck, my friend. All right. Woohoo! Yeah! Is that all? I fight. I fight for my friends. I fight. Still. All right, Bryce. Um, very sad to report you failed that sync up. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I would online, so yeah, you know, it's hard. It's, uh, it's yeah. Well, well, yeah. It's really hard. I, I'm. I actually got a comment about it in the Discord because um. Because we're not used, obviously, I don't have a road here. So it's sort of like, well, trying to do something like that. Like, I have to do the editing and everything. And I was like, really keen to do it. But because of all the technical issues and stuff we had, I ran out of time. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't have the time to do it. But I was going to like get to a certain point, cut it, do something with it, and then cut back to it to finish off the news theme. Um, and I'm, I swear to God, I'm going to do it one day. <laughs> I swear to God. And I'm going to put it in there and it's going to be, it, it's going to be a surprise. You don't know when it's coming, but I'll do it and you'll appreciate it. Hopefully. Well, there should be, when you're over here next at the house of Mario, I think there should be a button for like the cut it. And then we can start, you can be able to do it on the fly. Hopefully if you really want to. Maybe, but at the same time, I kind of want to do an edited thing. It's funny. Cause I was, I was listening to the show. I was walking up the street and like that bit came on, I'm like, oh, here we go. Bryce is like editing the thing. Because you, you, you're talking about it all week. You're looking forward to putting it in. I wanted to do it. I wanted to do it so bad. <laughs> but like, but it just never happened. I'm like, you bastard. You didn't do it. I was going to. Yeah. Okay. But, but I, I obviously knew, Um, yeah, you kept me up to date of what was happening with uh, your technical issues. So I'm like, yeah, well, yeah. you obviously did not get the time. <laughs> no, because we, we wanted it uploaded the next morning so that uh, we got finished at like 12 o'clock at night. And obviously, you know, I had to do the audio cleanup and the write up and all that stuff. And I'm just like, oh, by the time I'm done, it's going to be like three o'clock in the morning. I don't, I can't. It's fun, isn't <laughs> it? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, look, uh, you know, if, if it were any, if it, if we didn't have the technical issues and I would have been like one o'clock in the morning and I would have been like, hell yeah, no, you know, that's great. I'll do that. But yeah, I'm pretty sure I had work the next morning or something. And I was just like, yeah, it's not happening. So, <laughs> but oh well. Oh well. So that's not the the news this week. But it's a pretty, it's a pretty light week on uh, on news, Bryce. So the first one is from Vooks.com and it was uh, written by Oliver Brandit. And uh, the title is, Aussie made projection, projection first light finally coming to Nintendo Switch next month. And the article reads, It's been a long time in the making, but a beautiful Aussie-made game is make, finally making its way into the Switch. Blowfish Studios and Shadowplay Studios have announced that Projection First Light will be making its way 
onto the Nintendo Switch, as well as PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC next month on September 29th. The game had previously... Mm. Uh, previously been slated for for Switch in the lead up to its internal release, but the port ultimately had been put on hold when the game was revealed to be launching as an Apple Arcade exclusive in what appears to have been a 12 months a 12 month uh, exclusivity contract. But now that time is up, it's finally on the way, and thank goodness too, because it's absolutely beautiful game. Uh, when we played the game at PAX. Uh, 2017 it left us wanting more of its beautiful shadow puppetry unique uh, game mechanics and fascinating game design um so yeah this was a game we we played bryce and we really enjoyed as well and we talked to the developer and all that and um it was kind of a shame when they announced that it wasn't coming to switch anymore because of uh, yeah. the, the apple arcade exclusivity and uh just uh not leaving this story, but also in the same vein, Oceanhorn 2 is also coming to Switch later this year as well. And that was also an Apple Arcade exclusive game uh, last year when Apple Arcade launched on Apple devices. But yeah, Projection First Light is uh, just a perfect game for the Switch in the, just the way it looks. And it's uh, just really awesome art style. It's just unique as well how it sort of plays with the shadows um, in the gameplay as well. It's trying to platform through certain levels and manipulate shadows to get um, to certain areas and everything. And it can be quite tricky, even in the demo we played. So, yeah. What, yeah. Do, you, what do you think about it? you reckon you'll pick this up or interested in it at all? Um, I mean, I'll pick it up eventually. I think the ob- obviously the biggest thing is uh, the launch price because, by God, there's just so much of everything that I still haven't bought that I was like, yep, I'm going to buy that. Yep, I'm going to buy that. Never happened. Like, you know, uh, one of those things being ukulele and impossible lair. That's yeah. something I'm still going to get. Yeah, um, yeah, the same for me. <laughs> um, you know, and with the with the last the last Switch sale, I think I picked up like ten games for like eighty bucks, and they weren't like a lot of them were like you know fairly 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 good games too, and including like a big big cut cut slash on like Monster Hunter Gen U. Mm. Yeah, and um, I was just sort of like, well, that'll keep me going for a while. I think I've bought one game since that digitally, and that was Insane Trilogy because that got cut half off, and I was just like, I really should go back and finish a couple Crash games because I've never actually gone back and finished them. And then, uh, yeah, since then I've been like, all right, I've got far too much crap I've got to play. I've really got to play through that before I consider anything else. And everything everything keeps coming. And I'm just like, damn, <laughs> I really should buy that. And I'm like, mm, I've got so many games in my backlog. I've got enough physical games in my backlog, let alone digital ones. I'm like, all right, I need to slow down. I need to be a bit more concise about how I'm picking these things. And I need to wait for sales if I want to buy things because chances are I know I'm not getting back around to them anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, we, than, I think we can all relate to that, dude. <laughs> just uh, like, oh, no. It's just been worse recently. And I think it's because of that last sale where I picked up 10 games. I'm just like, there is so many games on my Switch that I need to play now. I went and bought a 500, uh, 512 gigabyte uh, Samsung Evo S- uh, micro SD. Yeah like top of the range micro just to make sure that I don't have any like data losses or anything like that, but still big enough for me to be like, all right, 
you know, I, I can store a lot of games. Um, and like, I haven't even half filled that yet, but I feel like I've just like, I've re-downloaded my entire library and I'm like, as I was doing that and like, haven't finished, haven't finished, haven't even touched, haven't. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. my God, what am I doing to myself? <laughs> yeah, that's what my library is like as well. Um, oh, dear Lord. So, I mean, projection for me is definitely something that's going to be added to the wish list. <laughs> yeah. Just to yeah, say weird. Yeah. And like, just, just for the reason and what you just brought up, that's also the reason where I'm not like, oh, come on, Nintendo, where are the games? Because I'm kind of like, oh, I've got a lot of games. <laughs> <laughs> like far too many. Yeah. Um, I guess uh, speaking of potential games from Nintendo, this is from Nintendo Enthusiast and it's written by uh, John Frisker and the article, uh, the, uh, yeah, the, the title is <laughs> The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword for Switch is listed on Amazon UK. And the title, oh, and <laughs> God, I can't, I can't talk. Uh, the article reads, uh, either Amazon UK has made a huge error, which <laughs> is entirely possible since, uh, since this could be, are far from the first time that a mistaken Amazon listing has been created. Or The Legend of Zelda Skull Sword is coming to the Nintendo Switch. Twitter deals guru uh, Wario64 made the listing public and it currently has a placeholder date for January 1st, 2030 <laughs> at a price of a fat uh, £70, uh, uh, which is more than the full price or high in general for what was a Wii game although Pikmin 3 Deluxe will be releasing at full price. Uh, depending on how you look at it, that either lends uh, credence to uh, Skyward Sword Switch listings uh, being bogus or a special edition and or, or it, and or comes bundled with a special controller like the original Wii release. Um, so, yeah, there's not, a, there's not a whole lot to back this up, but it appeared on Amazon UK and... Um, a lot of people are going, oh, are we getting a Skyward Sword port or remake or whatever you have? Uh, but to be honest, I don't. I personally don't believe this. I don't see this happening this year, well, this year especially, but maybe even uh, early next year. But what do you think when you sort of heard some of these rumblings about uh, Skyward Sword being listed on Switch? I mean, these, you know, the thing is, is this has been talked about a lot. And then it was even questioned um, and representatives or whoever got back to them said it's not being planned. It's not It's not even being planned at this time or anything like that. We have no intention of going back and doing that at this time. And like, I feel like that's probably the next step for them in terms of HD remasters after the fact that we've had Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. Mm. So I do sort of feel like, but... At the same time, that also sort of lends to the fact that maybe it should just be a collection like the supposed Mario collections coming out. Um, I really don't... I, I really don't see it happening either. And I'm not the biggest fan of Skyward Sword and a lot of people will sort of tell you that whoever ever talked to me about Zelda because I just find it's backtracking absolutely horrendous. Um, but there are times where I'm just like... I feel like playing Skyward Sword and I definitely can't play Skyward Sword anymore. Like I've, I've got my Wii at mum's sure, but unfortunately I had a battery leak leakage in my only Wii remote plus. So can't do that either. Don't have the game anymore. I could borrow it, but then I don't have a Wii remote plus. So then I would have to get a re Wii remote plus just so I could play Skyward Sword. And I'm just like, nah, I'm good. So this is one of those things I'd be like, I'll pick it up. 
because I just want to play it again for the sake of it. And like, there are parts about the games, the game that I do miss. But I think it is a huge far cry from you know actually being released on the Switch. Um, for now, uh, if they do decide to do these, this Mario collection which has been rumoured since the start of the year, I think it could be pretty plausible that they do a Zelda one next year. Um, But in saying that, Breath of the Wild 2 will also more than likely come next year. So, yeah, I, I don't see why. Yeah, I you mean, uh, we we can go we can we can go into this in Reggie's rec room, sort of you know what we what we think will be coming end of this year, next year. But I think uh, just with uh, the Mario collection, I think it's kind of um, some. It's almost certain that's that's true. Those rumors, just with Pikmin three um, now being announced, because it was originally a Paper Mario Pikmin, then uh, Mario three D World port, as well as the the bundle of games and now we're only missing the Mario portion of that rumor. Um, yeah. So it seems like that's what's going to happen. And uh, it seems like a pretty logical thing to sort of put together when, um, you know, some other projects might be far, far away, uh, bundle up some Mario games, do a Mario port. Um, it's a pretty good way to sort of uh, cater to the holiday audience to sell some more switches and maybe go against the next consoles as well. And all that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but yeah, the thing the thing is with um, Skyward Sword as well. It's just it needs to be reworked like oh, a yeah. lot because it was just so heavy on motion controls. Like, mm-hmm. e- e- even yeah. if you're sitting at your TV holding your Joy Cons, I, I just don't think um, the accuracy is enough for the most part no. for the Joy Cons. Um, no, because the Joy Cons are made more with the consensus that they're being used as. A, you know a sometimes thing when it comes to the motion controls they're not made with the same intention of a Wii remote as like this is the main basis of the console mm. so you know it, it would have to change a bit and to be completely honest with you I, I don't think I would have a problem with them just making like Skyward Sword but with normal controls yeah yeah I, I, like, I, I love that but the amount of work would have to go into that to sort of just redo puzzles and stuff you know, I don't think, um, may, yeah, maybe. I don't think mm. it'd, it'd have to be that bad. I think you could still, like, if you had a pro controller, the Joy-Cons, you could still manage the puzzles and stuff like that. I think the biggest problem is the combat. Yeah. And But at the same time as well, they can just make it so that the combat hit detection is no matter where you hit, no matter where you hit an enemy, it's going to be a hit. But that will also make the game infinitely easier by doing that way. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, it's neither here nor there. I don't think they could ever bring back Skyward Sword in the same, same sort of way that they've done it with, uh, you know, the other two, because the other two obviously don't have that problem. Um, but maybe they will go with the approach of, uh, typical, the typical Zelda way of things, which is like you hold forward and press B for a vertical slice or, you know, have a neutral stick for horizontal slice. And that's probably as about as much of a, like, difficulty curve as they're going to be able, able to implement into it. Mm. Um, but hopefully they can find a way to work it if, it if it ever does come to fruition. Because I don't think it's a waste of a Zelda game, uh, as a lot of people seem to, because I feel like 
it has like a great amount of lore and stuff like that as well. But I just feel like it wasn't executed as well as it could have been. I mean, yeah, the, I think- the lore side of it was awesome. That's what made that yeah. game. Um, yeah, like learning yeah. about the Triforce and the origins of Hyrule, and it was just fascinating when you're going through the game. It's just, uh, I think it definitely suffered from just running out of time just to make areas because so much of the time was focused on developing the controls. Um, Miyamoto mm. and the team actually went, they actually discussed that in some, I don't know if it was a wider arse or some interview somewhere, but they um, like did mention that a lot of the time was just trying to figure out the controls and the combat and everything. And I think just the, the areas got left out and you can sort of see that on the map too. You can see like, you know, the volcano, the the desert and the forest. You can see like other bits of the map they were meant to fill out, but you just, it just never gets filled out. So you end up going back and they just pad out the game uh, with existing areas. Uh, yeah. So personally for me, if, if they were really going to fix it, that game for me, they would add more areas personally. Like they would actually put more content into the game. I would like them to see them actually flesh out the map of Hyrule so it's an actual map of Hyrule. Yeah, because it didn't feel like Hyrule at all when you went down there. No, no, it didn't because no. it was just like, here you dropped into an area and then it was three areas and then it was basically just like, what changes after the midway point when you get the Master Sword in these three areas? It's like the volcano, it is overrun by Ganon minions. Hooray. And then it's like the forest Oh my God, it is flooded. Dear Lord, what do we do? <laughs> like, yeah. damn. Damn. Yeah, it's not enough. No. My God. I need to turn the sound off on my devices. Give me a moment. Right. Just keep going. I'll, I'll give you a moment. I'll move into the next story. And Bryce, you did touch on this uh uh, last week with Animal Crossing sales. So basically, Nintendo's fran- financial results came out last uh, week and they're absolutely huge. So we, we know that Animal Crossing has sold uh, 22.4 million units in pretty much three three months. It's been four months, but these are of, uh, I think, the June 30th. So it's only been three months and Animal Crossing is already the second best-selling uh, game on Switch. And as Bryce said last last week, which I actually learned about when I talked to Bryce, it's the second best-selling game in Japan of all time, which is just ridiculous. Like, what the Incredible. hell? <laughs> what the hell? Um, but just as far as other uh, game sales go, uh, Mario, oh, we'll start from the bottom. So Ring Fit Adventure is at 3.9 million. New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe is at 7.44 million. Super Mario Party uh, is at... Uh, 10.94 million. Splatoon 2 is at 10.71 million. Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee is at 12.20 million. Uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield is at 18.22 million. Super Mario Odyssey is 18.06 million. Uh, the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is at 18.6 million. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate is at 19.99 million. So it's just, it would have cracked 20 million by now. Yeah. And Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is at 26.74 million. Um, and there's some there's some other sales figures as well, which weren't actually updated this quarter, which is really weird. So I don't know if that's just because uh, they weren't worth updating, but there's some... Um, Luigi's Mansion 3, as of last quarter, was at 6.33 million. Super Mario, uh, Super Mario Maker 2 was at... Uh, 5.48 million last quarter. The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening was at 4.38 million last quarter. And uh, some other interesting ones in there. Uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 was at 1.08 million 
uh, last quarter as well. So even Marvel's uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance cracked a million uh, in sales, which isn't that surprising because it's a Marvel property, but it was also one of those uh, uh, Switch exclusives you really didn't really hear that much about. But it no. still still managed to, to crack it. Sold pretty much the same as Astral Chain, which is pretty much at the exact same uh, sales figures of last quarter. So yeah, Nintendo Switch games are just absolutely killing it. So we're gonna no. we're gonna end up with over so one, two, three, four, five, six. So there's gonna be over six games that are gonna probably approach twenty million <laughs> sales, and they're all Switch exclusive, uh, which is just nuts. And just like mm-hmm. in context, um, like all six of those games have outsold any exclusive um, PlayStation Four has which is just uh, crazy considering the install base of that console. So, yeah. 100 100, About 110, roughly, as of the last time they updated it, yeah. Uh, Huge. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, it's just one of those things uh, (laughs) because I, uh, last week, I actually got kind of nostalgic uh, and I was I was playing with the Wii U, and because I, I picked it up, because my um my TV remote doesn't have any batteries in it at the moment. It, it ran out of the batteries, and Chantel took them out and never bothered to replace them for whatever reason. Um, so we, we had to uh, turn down the volume. So I actually had I've got the Wii U still plugged in, so I picked up the gamepad and I used that as the TV remote to turn down the volume. And it made me get sort of nostalgic for the Wii U. I, I ended up playing Mario Kart DS for a little bit on the on the gamepad just just because. And it, and I was thinking about like the lack of Nintendo Directs and how good their Directs were back in like 2014 and 2015. So I actually went back and I watched both of those Directs and they're just absolute bangers, Bryce. Absolute bangers. And like thinking back to the Wii U days, like this is where Nintendo is now just with these sales figures is just, uh, it's kind of unbelievable, really. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah. It definitely is. It sure is. It definitely is. <laughs> so let's move on to some uh, Pokemon uh, Go uh, news, Bryce. So this one's from Nintendo Enthusiast, and the title is Players are calling for Pokemon Go loot box odds to be disclosed. And uh, the article is written by Jamie Sharp, and it reads, After the latest in-game event, players are now calling for Pokemon Go loot box odds to be disclosed. Currently, currently loot boxes are... Um, Loot boxes in the game cover elements such as uh, eggs, raids, incense, and even lures. Uh, the last event, Dragon Week, promised a higher chance of players earning various dragon-type Pokemon, including a shiny Dino. However, a fan site, The Silph Road, has tracked and recorded the egg hatching for the event within a sample group. The data shows something very different to what players were expecting. A major finding of the data uh, is as... Follows. Dino's hatch rate was likely less than 1% for the first three days of the event, but after a change, researchers recorded a hatch rate above 3%. Following the event, Silph Road's Reddit community is attempting uh, to organize players in an effort to get Niantic to disguise Pokemon Go uh, loot box odds. This effort may have been sparked by Dragon Week, but it's, it's a part of a much larger source of frustration. Niantic has uh, been notoriously close, close, close-lipped on odds behind Pokemon appearing through various means in Pokemon Go. Some players have felt the odds have been far lower than Niantic made them out to be at the time regarding certain special events. Uh, there's also been 
a sense for, for years that Niantic tweaks the odds of certain Pokemon appearing in the game. If the community cannot successfully push for Niantic to reveal Pokemon Go loot box odds, another option they have is to report the developer directly to Google or Apple for not disclosing loot box odds. Currently, there is a petition that players can sign. Most developers now disclose their loot box odds for games that uh, have them. It seems shady that Niantic doesn't do the same for Pokemon Go. Maybe this partition uh, will act that finally forces them to do so. Uh, so yeah, reading reading this, it's um been hearing like a lot about loot boxes and uh, disclosing odds and all that, and that was a big discussion in 2017 where every game seemed to be pumping out <laughs> loot boxes because of uh, I guess Overwatch's success with them and like Pokemon Go, it sort of gets away with it because it's not a loot box. You're not like oh I'm buying this, you're getting a box that's breaking open, but you are mm. spending money to sort of uh, have items that enhance you in the game and what you're hoping to get is hatch rare Pokemon from eggs, which is like obviously very much a kind of a loot box when you think about it. Uh, Pokemon randomly appearing, which are tweaked by Niantic to sort of make you play the game, whether you're looking for a rare one or whatever. And uh, also just like item drops from gifts and just everything. Everything's got a chance about it. And a lot of the time for Pokemon Go, I've been sort of following uh, other Australian uh, Pokemon Go players in the content creation community and, a lot of them are are sort of uh, coming to the consensus that a lot of the time, because of our time zone, uh, odds are usually broken for us because for some, we're, I guess we're kind of like the test market for a lot of these things because uh, an event mm. drops and then we're like, we're doing it, we're doing it, doing it. We're looking for a shiny because it's got raised odds. We don't know what the odds are, but they're raised. And then like the three hours pass and the event ends and it, it gets reported that, oh, doesn't seem like the shiny odds were raised for us because of a mistake by someone on in the server room or something didn't work or whatever the reason is. Um, so yeah, I think uh, definitely the odds do need to be sort of raised because other games they 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 show the odds for what you get and Pokemon Go while they're not uh, necessarily loot boxes, it is pretty much the same thing. So what do you think about all this, Bros? I don't think okay. Um I think the odds need to be raised because at the end of the day, uh it's Pokemon Go and with the way that they structure their events, whether it be community days or spotlight hours or something like that, we've always got really strict time constraints. Yeah. And like something that I, I want to participate in but cannot every week because it's always at the wrong time is raid hour. It's like mm. at the absolute worst time. If I'm lucky, I might catch a raid or two. Yeah. Um, but because it's usually a combination of uh, getting the kids to bed, like having dinner, getting the kids to bed, and then, you know, whatever. Because my partner is working that night, uh, I usually do all that stuff uh, by myself. And then that gives her time to get ready for work and stuff like that, go to a night shift. So I miss out on it. Um but um, like that's the only time where I'm like, I know that I'm guaranteed legendary spawns and I generally know what I'm getting. Yeah. Um, whereas during community, you know, there is there is some nuance in like in the community hours or days where it's just like, I have the chance to find a shiny and you're like, cool, awesome. Um, <laughs> but I think when you start talking about like lures or incenses or eggs or gift boxes 
I don't think they are pulling the same definition of a loot box as what any other game does it, mm. like, at all. Because the thing is, is, like, when you get down to brass tacks, the gifts are literally just, you're not getting anything exclusive from them. They're just typical items from the game. Um, eggs have a pool of things that you can get from them, yeah, but they're also freely obtainable. You don't have to pay for them. Um, yeah. the, the, in the, the, the only thing I got with um, the eggs is that a lot of people do pay for extra incubators. You get the one that you can just use one at a time, but a lot of people do pay uh, real money for uh, like the incubators. So like if someone's like, I want a Dino, and like they're they're assuming that there's like a I don't know a twenty percent chance or like a good chance of getting one. They buy they put money into the game. They buy incubators and they're walking around hatching eggs. But then it turns out that it's only like a one percent chance. It's like, well, <laughs> it it would have been good to know before they put money into the game. I guess so, but at the same time, that's one hundred percent their choice, and they know what they're getting into when they purchase that. But they are purchasing the opportunities to hatch eggs. But that's the thing, though, which is pe- people want to that, know the exact rates of what their chance is. Yeah, but okay, the difference between a loot box and something like that, right? What you are paying for in a loot box is a random chance to get skins or items. When you are talking about eggs yeah. in Pokemon Go, you are paying for the opportunity to hatch more eggs per hour. It, you're not paying for the content. You're paying for the opportunity to earn content. Right? So when you're talking about loot box odds here, you aren't paying for the egg. You're paying for the opportunity to hatch more eggs at one given time. If somebody wanted to, they could go on a jog. Right. And if you've got somebody that's walking a slow pace, you've got somebody that's going on a jog. Yeah. The person on the jog is going to hatch the eggs faster. So you could ultimately just go for a jog. You don't have to pay for the incubators. Yeah. I guess right? the, I guess the thing is like if uh if I like, all right, tell you what, I'm gonna go for a run and I'm gonna do an egg one at a time, I'm not gonna spend any money and I want this Dino that's turns out to be one percent, but these people don't know that it's one percent and like You'll be you'll be pretty ripped by the end of that uh, endeavor trying to hatch yourself a Dino. Like I really want a Hydragon. Oh, I really want one. <laughs> so, you know what you know what I'm saying, right? Like yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you can't. You, there are ways to circumvent even bothering using extra incubators in the game. You could literally just go for a jog, and you will be hatching them faster. I, yeah, I, I definitely think it's it's definitely not um, apples to apples. It is apples and oranges as far as loot boxes and um, hatching eggs in Pokemon Go. But yeah, it, I think it would be still a good thing just to say, hey, these are the odds, the exact odds of getting each Pokemon. Um, so whether you want to just use your free incubator or you can just you can buy them because you feel like that's a good enough percentage, um, have at it. So, but I don't think there are any obli- like legal obligation to do so. Like I have mm. my own, I've I've always had my own gripes about Pokemon Go and how they've handled things and how the game sort of has come from its humble beginnings all the way up until now. There was like a huge period there where I festered on how much I hated Pokemon Go before they sort of fixed (laughs) things up. Yeah. But this is not one of those things because at the end of the day, there is a way to circumvent the issue. Mm. And whether you want to take that opportunity to circumvent the issue is entirely up to you. Um, the, The hatching through incubators 
It's like if you want to pay for the incubators, you can go right ahead. But they also hand out a shit ton of free of them, so save them up and wait a little bit longer, right? Yeah. You like you get them from missions all the time. Like you get them from leveling up. If it really is your concern, then hold on to them and wait. Um, you could play the entire game free to play if you literally just do the main objective of the game, which is walking. You don't have to pay a single cent. Mm. The fact that you pay a single cent is entirely up to you. You get the premium currency for free for doing the gyms. Uh, sure, it's capped per day, but you do get the premium currency, so you can actually buy those incubators with the premium currency. As far as I'm concerned, they don't have any liability to actually disclose it, like, at all. It's basically just, like, if you want to buy it, you can buy it. That's fine. But yeah. because it, it is not an absolute requirement to buy these things in order to get them, they are absolutely no legal obligation to do so. I would like them to disclose the odds to some degree as well because I've played a lot of games with loot boxes and I've always been like, God damn it, I just want this one fucking thing. And like Overwatch was a great example of that because they would play a shit ton of Overwatch so I could get loot boxes without having to pay for them. But that's the thing as well. It's like I played a shit ton of Overwatch to get those loot boxes so I didn't have to pay for them. You could do the same thing with Pokemon Go. But in the differences between the loot boxes and the incubators, literally it's down to you can run faster and pull off three incubators worth of hatching eggs if you just move your ass a little faster. Yeah, honestly, I, I, feel, I feel like when if it's if, if this does get taken to Google or Apple or uh, all of the courts or whatever, I feel like yeah, I don't think it they'll have have. I think they'll be able to get get away with it because yeah, you're not buying the box with the stuff in it. You're buying yeah, the item yeah. that will help you use the egg <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of weird but i think with niantic they, they have been listening to the community a lot and um even to the point where we can vote on pokemon uh, community days um now whether it's through a twitter poll and that so they are listening to the community so i, I don't think it's too much of an ask be like hey what are the rates of getting each pokemon i think it would be good just transparency but i don't think it's necessarily a needed thing um through like legal means no, I don't think you need to go to Apple and Google and be like, this is misleading because it's not misleading. Like, there is there is a very big gap in the difference of misleading when it comes to loot boxes and egg incubators. The yeah. difference between loot boxes and egg incubators is loot boxes offer you the promise of something that is, you know, right in your face. Oh, oh my God. But the incubators are more like, oh my God, now I have more opportunities to do things, mm. right? But again, can be circumvented if you just move your ass a bit faster on your walk. Yeah. There's, there's really no discrepancy. Like I don't, I don't feel, I don't feel for this like at all. Yeah. Honestly. I guess just, just keeping on Pokemon Go. So we did get, uh, news that we get to vote on a Pokemon, a couple of Pokemon species for Community Day uh, this month. And what were the options? They were Porygon, Charmander, Caterpie, and I forgot the last one um, off the top of my head. But uh, do you know what you'll be voting for, Bryce? I'm just curious to see what um, your answer is going to be. I'll be honest, probably Porygon. Oh, my boy. Thank you. Well, <laughs> look, if there's anything that's rare as shit, out of that list that's really annoying to obtain, it's Porygon. 
Yeah. And Porygon's I've not come across a single one. Haven't you? I've got a Porygon no. Z as my partner at the moment. Yeah, I know you do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I haven't come across a single one. Mm. And, yeah. you know, Charmander, everybody's got one and Droz one now. I think I've got like seven Charizards at this point because they just throw them out at events like all the time. Yeah. They're just like, I've got like, I remember I was so excited like getting my Charizard. I'm like, oh my God, I've finally got enough candy to get a Charizard. And I got that. And now I've got like seven of them because the last <laughs> couple of events have yeah. been like, what was it? The last event, the the uh, go fest, the fest, yeah, go fest. It was like I caught seven Charizards, like thirteen Blastoises, and like eight or nine Venusaurs, and I'm like, uh, well, that feels worthless now. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it felt good. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not really interested. Just give me the Porygon. <laughs> yeah, to be yeah, because uh, Porygons, it's the uh, only Pokemon that's uh, out of those four that aren't shiny in the game already. And Porygon's got a really awesome shiny. It's blue and white. And it's, it's personally one of my favorite shinies. So it's one of my favorite Pokemon. So if, if Porygon doesn't make it and like Caterpie or Charmander or whatever get in, um, I'm going to be angry. <laughs> I'm going to be generally the, angry. Do they have the poll up yet? I don't even know. I don't think so. I, I will look that up while you're talking up. real quick. Yeah. yeah. So while we move... I'll move on to some more Pokemon mobile news, Bryce. So this is from The Gamer. And this is about Pokemon Masters. And the title is Pokemon Masters Evolves into Pokemon Masters EX for its one-year anniversary. Uh, Bryce, have you seen any of this? This only like dropped like an hour ago. They had like a sort of Pokemon Masters Direct as such where they sort of updated us with information for the game. And um, personally for me, I haven't played Pokemon Masters in a, in a very long time. Um, it sort of lost me, but... From what I've been hearing from uh, the Pokemon community, it has uh, evolved in quite an interesting way. So I'm going to read, yeah, I'm going to read the article from thegamer.com, and it reads: "What Pokemon-focused mobile game Pokemon Masters is evolving to mark its upcoming one-year anniversary? Pokemon Masters is transforming into Pokemon Masters EX. Uh, the change comes complete with a new logo and special events to signify how the game has grown since launch. Players will see." Updates take effect from the end of August through to the beginning of September. Pokemon Masters first launched on August 20, uh, 28, 2019. The internal trailers captured fan interest by putting focus on famous Pokemon trainers from uh, the game's history. Uh, and, and that got my interest until the, until the game came out. Uh, Pokemon still do the battling in 3 vs 3 real-time format, but uh, trainers get the spotlight when it comes to story. Um, the writers take a deep dive and explore the lore of beloved characters and their relationships. Fans immediately took to this new perspective on Pokemon, but when met with server issues and questionable gacha mechanics. Uh, in response to complaints, the developers became more active in communicating with players and introducing desired content. Uh, now, a year later, the game is in a much better place. Perhaps one of the best additions to Masters is Sigma, Signa Suit characters. These rare pulls pull... Uh, popular, uh, put popular trainers in cool new outfits and pair them with powerful Pokemon. A new Signature suit is always a uh, cause for celebration and real money spending. Uh, the anniversary will play into this by featuring Signature suit uh, Cynthia and Coma O. And yeah, the, I, I don't know if you've seen the Sigma suit uh, Coma O. It's um, it's pretty interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah, Cynthia has like a basically the, the scales from Cameo. And it, it, I'll have a look. <laughs> it, it is, it is um, kind of weird because like it sort of clashes with like my Pokemon fandom because I'm like, that's a that's a Gen 4 
um, champion with a, um, a Gen 6 uh, Pokemon. I don't know how I feel about that. Also, Gen 7 Pokemon even. It's like, oh. <laughs> but it, it, is, it is pretty cool nevertheless. I, I really like the uh, character designs and everything they're doing with Pokemon Masters, um, if anything else. Uh, so the article continues. Cynthia is one of the most uh, favorited trainers of all time thanks to her cool demeanor and challenging Pokemon team. She has plenty of fans who would drop lots of money to summon her, making her the perfect anniversary event prize. Coma O is also a pleasant surprise as it's not on Cynthia's main team, giving this version of Cynthia a certain rarity beyond just a typical sickness suit pair. Joining Cynthia will be Cyrus and Palkia. The cold calculating leader of Team Galactic will feature in a story event that includes sickness suit Cynthia, um, Cyrus and Palkia will automatically join the player's team after the story event is completed. Where Cygnus Suit Cynthia, that's a, that's a few words to say there, right? Is up to... Cygnus Suit Cynthia, Cygnus Suit Cynthia, Cygnus Suit Cynthia, Cygnus Suit... It's a bit like that. Uh, he's up to luck of draw, which is, yeah, great. Uh, got gacha mechanics right there. Uh, to top it off, uh, Lance and Dragonite will return to the spotlight hour starting August 19th. Um, so... It doesn't uh, say in here, but they're, they're also introducing a... I forgot what... It doesn't actually say it in this article, which is a bit disappointing. But in the uh, presentation um, they gave us from DNA, they did show us um, sort of like a, a new Pokemon uh, League battle system where we actually you actually go through the Elite Four and verse the champion. And you've got to do it with... Uh, you know Pretty much like you do in the games with the, the, the sync pairs and... When like a sync pair gets knocked out, you can't use it again until you actually complete the whole, um, all of the elite four members in a row. And it's starting off with uh, the Kanto elite four members, and at the end you verse Blue, who is the champion. And they said they're going to be introducing more uh, Pokemon leagues as time goes on, so we'll get access to Johto, Hoenn, Sinnoh, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, um, yeah, what what Pokemon uh, Masters is doing is like really cool. And like they introduced uh, egg hatching and shinies and all of that sort of the last two months as well, which I know a lot of people in uh, the Pokemon community have been really enjoying. Um, hasn't really made me want to go back and play it. Um, but I feel like I just wish, maybe I will I will go back and play it just out of interest because it's, it's the type of game where I actually want it to be good and catch me. Like I want it to catch me because like the story content seems like it is going to be interesting because I am actually quite interested in Pokemon lore and um, even like the proper main series that Game Freak makes don't necessarily properly capture on the lore as much as they should. So no, yeah, yeah. What do you think about this update, Bryce? You reckon you'll go and check it out? Um, um, I'm currently updating it right now just to see uh whether <laughs> yep. Cygnus suit Cynthia's out because uh, and I'd like to go back to the start of the article where it's like ah, oh, you know, it it gets people wanting them and definitely yeah, yeah. gets their money. I have, I, I think, like, up to this point, I have most of the Cygnus suit characters and I haven't spent a dime. Nice, yeah. Yeah, but that has been more down to luck than anything else. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, like yeah, you could do just one free roll and get one, but do another <laughs> free roll, get one. But you also might be rolling forever and never get one. So That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, is, that is the unfortunate cause of the gacha. But, like... The cause of the gacha. At the same time... Oh, well, it is, yeah. <laughs> but, um... You know, I, I've just, I guess I've just been lucky. So it's sort of just like, I'll log in, I'll do the role. I'm like, sweet, I got Cygnus suit, whoever, and then I'll move on. Or usually the other the other thing is just like getting a champion or something. Like I remember, what was it? They released Red and someone else at the same time. I can't, I can't remember who it was. Cygnus suit Red and 
Cygnus suit Elisa. Don't know. So the electric uh, <laughs> electric time electric type gym leader from Gen Five. It, and, it very well um, could have been. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got both of them in the same role. Wow. <laughs> same role. Wow. Yep. I like cool. How many do you, how many do you get in one role? Two or three or? No, 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 no. Um, one or ten. So. Right. Yeah, it's right. it's it's three hundred three hundred for one, I believe, and three thousand for ten. So times ten. Um. So I pulled one ten times roll, I think, and got it. And I was like, "Cool, there's both of them. Sweet. Don't have to worry about that anymore. I'm good. All right." And then I uh, leveled them up with some training manuals or whatever, and moved on. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If, if everyone's that lucky, everyone's probably going to love the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um. Whether that'll actually happen or not. Like, I'll roll for Cynthia, see if I get Cynthia. If I don't get Cynthia, tough shit. I don't really care. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I might update it and give it a go once the anniversary update comes out on the 28th. See what it's all about. See if I can enjoy some story content without actually um, having to pay too much. If I really enjoy it, I don't mind paying money, but they got to earn my trust first. they got to ease me into <laughs> enjoying it. Like Pokemon Go did. I've actually ended up spending a decent amount of money on Pokemon Go this year. Um, just with all the changes they made, um, I think they made a lot of great changes. So, I'm, and I'm enjoying the game. So I'm like, you know what, thirty bucks there and ten bucks there. I actually don't, I actually don't mind it if it's a quality product. So that's what Pokemon Masters has to do for me, for me to enjoy it. And I mean, I think it's good. And as somebody that smashed it out within like the first five hours, like the initial, the initial content and stuff like that, because usually when I go into a gacha game and what most people should do when they go into a gacha game is they should re-roll till they get a decent couple unit pairs. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, down the line, you aren't like, I've just got absolute trash. I've got nothing to work with because then if you get to that point, you're going to struggle and you're not going to be able to get into the game and it's just going to be a shitty experience. But um, I managed to get the pairs that I needed and, like I, I downloaded and played it at the time when nobody had really determined a tier list or anything yet, but I happened to get um the things that ended up being tier list toppers. So it was sort of just like I smashed the game out in five hours and then it was like to be continued on the story. I'm like, really? It sounded like you needed to buy a lotto, a lotto ticket instead of playing Pokemon Masters by the sound of it. If you're like that. I might as well have. Yeah. Like... It, it it was good because the character interactions and stuff like that, they're really neat and fun. Um, but unfortunately, it does, it, it did have that constraint back then where it's just like this game released with like fuck all content, like absolute zilch. They thought like the story thing was going to last for ages, like for at least, you know, a couple of weeks. It lasted me five hours to get through it. There was beyond that the only thing i could do was level trainers up and stuff like that and because uh it's a gacha game that really really um centralizes on you having the better units more than anything else um you know the only the only point past that is to spend money and get units that you couldn't use now that there's more content in the game they actually have like a proper system up for stuff and all that I'm sure that it, it is better, but the only thing I actually do open it for right now uh, at all is to roll on things that are limited time. Yep. Um, and they usually give me a good hefty amount of like free bonuses up until that point where I'm like, well, I don't have to spend a penny. So um, that's all I do with it. And I think that's because it was the sour taste in my mouth from them being like, 
you know, here's all we've got. <laughs> this is our best. Please enjoy. Yeah, this yeah. is all we have. And then I'm like, that does not make me hopeful for this game. <laughs> I'm like, okay, bye. Yeah. See you later. Oh, well, anyone that, anyone yeah. that's keen to give it a go again, you know, like myself, like who didn't enjoy it the first time, maybe, maybe that would be the update for you. So, Bryce, let's move into some pretty sad news. And uh, well, it's not sad, but it's just kind of like, oh dear, news. So, uh, start off with Retro Studios posted from their Twitter account, which uh, hasn't been posted on for a very long time. And they say, uh, quote, uh, we are looking for a lead producer to join us on our journey to develop Metroid Prime 4. Hashtag oh, yeah. game jobs, hashtag game dev, hashtag, hashtag game dev jobs. And there's a link to careers at Nintendo.com. Well, I'm so, oh, oh, they're looking for a lead producer. Holy shit. Uh, this game is... <laughs> we knew that it was early in development. We knew that it was going to be a while off yet. But uh, looking for a lead producer, dude. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so they. I think they literally got they got the permission to make this game. They're like, all right, um, let's start getting a team together. And that team is still not fully together yet. And just to, just for con, like I'm I'm I've I've had no experience with game dev or anything, but a lead producer is pretty much the person that um, organizes everything, make sure everyone's on track, making sure they get getting their jobs done, sort of communicating within whether it's between the artists and the programmers and the coders and all that, just getting it all together so it, it kind of keeps the team together. And uh, they're looking for one. They don't have that person. So interesting stuff. Uh, so I'll read the article just uh, from Nintendo Life discussing this, and uh, it's written by Liam uh, Doolan. Um, and the article reads, Since Nintendo announced it would, re- re- would restart development of Metroid Prime 4, Retro Shooting Studios has been recruited... Uh, recruiting uh, talent non-stop. In saying this, there are still certainly uh, 10 positions advertised on Nintendo careers page for the uh, company. Uh, one of these is for a lead producer to oversee the entire project and make sure deadlines are met. Retro obviously wants uh, to fill the position as soon as possible as it's now put out its second major tweet of the year since a Happy New Year post on <laughs> the 1st of January. According to the creator's page, the job was originally posted on the 10th of May 2020, but has only been uh, mentioned on Retro Studios' account, a social account now. Uh, a number of other positions also appear to have been listed recently in June and July. After the restart and all of the disruptions this year due to a global pandemic, uh, having an individual who would be responsible for maintaining project timelines, providing providing uh, studio-wide uh, risk reports and who is responsible for studio-wide communication and uh, project status sounds like a great idea. Bit of sarcasm in that uh, writing there, I assume. Uh, at the <laughs> you very... You want to be paid pretty well by uh, Retro and Nintendo. Um, uh, at very least, it's a reminder that the game is still probably a while away. Wow. So, Retro Ouch. Studios... Uh, Still, still a while away. Um, there was a few years ago when we were expecting a, an announcement from Retro uh, when the rumors for uh, Star Fox Grand Prix were coming out that they were working on a racing game and that it was potentially um, Star Fox uh, themed in that series. And uh, it seems like either that went wrong or it was scrapped for 
the team to move on to Metroid Prime or whatever the reason. There's been, it's been a long time since uh, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze on Wii U in 2014 or 15. I think it was 15. Might have been early yeah. 2014. Can't quite remember. But it's been a long time since that game. So it has obviously been something that's been scrapped in the meantime. Um, otherwise, we... I think would be on the sort of path to having that announced and coming out then moving on to Metroid. So it seems like um, whatever that was has been uh, scrapped. So with this news, Bryce, it made me think, what is coming to Switch within the next, say, 18 months? Uh, we, we don't know a lot about what's coming the rest of this year. This year. We know Pikmin uh, 3 Deluxe is coming uh, which is a Wii U port from 2013. So it's a pretty old game at this point. And we really don't know much. We sort of assume Mario uh, ports are coming at the end of this year and that's going to be the main package Nintendo's going to put out, probably do some uh, Switch console special editions and that to really push it, maybe to uh, you know fight off or get attention from Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5. But going into next year, we really do know nothing. Uh, Breath of the Wild is no. probably a big contender next year. But apart from that, we really don't know. So let's uh, let's slide off into Reggie's rec room and let's go through Nintendo's uh, studios and try and figure out what's going on. Hi, Nintendo fans. Reggie here. It's Reggie. Hello, Reggie. Thank you for your never-ending support. Our bro. For giving me Is a mushroom man? kingdom full of incredible memories that I will never forget. Ever. Oh. Man, it's good to be back in the house with Reggie. I've missed Reggie. He's been a he's a good lad. You've missed him, haven't you? I have. I mean, he's really so a week. he's so quiet, but just his presence in this house just really makes it a special place. I reckon. Yeah, it does. Yeah, hmm. definitely. <laughs> I got to be honest with you. You and Peachy last week, you were a bit uh, you were a bit rude to him. You kind of just uh, just oh, treated he loves him. It. You treated him like your butler. You just said, "Oh, he all he does it. is pour drinks." Well, I don't know. If he lives here. I don't know. He doesn't work here. He lives here, Bryce. You can't... You don't... He's not like our little slave or anything like that. Look, mate, he loves a little joke, right? Does he? Yeah, he does. Look at that... Look at that look on his face. Yeah, I know. It's very stern. I'm scared. <laughs> that dead blank stare. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. You know? I really hope people that are listening to this in audio are like, oh, I'm going to go to YouTube and I'm going to uh, see human person in the corner. No, I, I don't. I don't. I don't focus. I don't focus him on the camera, so don't don't bother. <laughs> Sorry, guys. That's all right. Not going to happen. <laughs> so, uh, just going through sort of Nintendo Studios and uh, what who might be putting out a game within the next eighteen months. Um, it it is sort of complicated because, as we know with Nintendo, they're so up in the air with like how they put their teams together. If we're talking about Sony or Microsoft, it's very obvious about who makes what over there, especially with um, Sony with the, their marketing being so clear, like PlayStation Studios, they are studios that are owned by PlayStation and we know like Naughty Dog, Insomniac, etc., etc. And we know like exactly, you know, what uh, what studio is ex- responsible for what game, but, but Nintendo outside of like a few second parties and uh, just partners, we really don't know just who they are, what they're working on, especially since um, like in 2018 when they sort of uh, moved around some of their uh, teams. Because before we knew that um, like we knew like EPD Group 1, for example, was responsible for Mario and EPD Group 2 was uh, always like a Zelda team and 
all of that, but that's sort of moved around lately. So we'll start off with some of the um, affiliates or like second party developers. Before you do. Yes. One thing. I know we said this wasn't going to be a visual show, right? Oh, here we go. You're already breaking the rule. You're, you're making Jamie. Making one rule. You're making yeah, Jamie gonna, cry in the car. He's like, fuck, I'm not just, going to YouTube, Bryce, to see, just, see just your dumb second. shit. You're going you're to be able to say something, all right? Okay. Fuck you. <laughs> okay, so Bryce is showing me his phone. So don't don't worry about pulling over the car and going on YouTube.com. Bryce updated Pokemon Masters. He made a roll and he got Sigma Suit Cynthia with Como. <laughs> uh, I also got Lyra and Ethan as well, which were both uh, five stars. Like, yeah. Nice. All right, Bryce, you're buying you're buying a lottery ticket, mate. Buy a- <laughs> I don't know. Go to wherever your local um, 24-hour lottery ticket <laughs> place is and go buy one, I please. Just, I just had to prove I was lucky, okay? So I updated during that time after we were talking about it and I'm like, all right, I'll do my roll because I know that I'll more than likely have enough free gifts in my box to roll. And what happened? I got Cygnus suit. Cynthia, <laughs> it worked. Oh. I tell you, I'm just a lucky man. You are a lucky man. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, beautiful. So this, anyway, all right, so we'll start off with a, a developer that I'm actually really looking forward to seeing what their next game is, and that's Next Level Games. And uh, recently, they released uh, Luigi's Mansion 3, and that they also made Luigi's Mansion uh, 2 on 3DS. But Bryce, they're, they're makers of a series that we are very much hoping is going to get revived, and that's Mario's Strikers. Oh, yes. So I guess... With with the success of Luigi's Mansion three on Switch, do you think we'll see them revisit Mario's Strikers? Do you reckon that's a thing we could uh, see them make, or are they going to no. keep making Luigi's Mansion now? I think, uh, like, I hate I hate to say it, but I think Mario sports games are in the bin. Yeah, at least like, the, yeah, sorry, the standalone ones. Yeah, well, I don't think like Camelot, who make uh, golf and tennis, they'll keep rotating through each one. I don't. F- I feel like um, that's one we could see from uh, Camelot Games, who yeah, basically work with Nintendo to make the, the sports titles. So I think mm. we could see a golf probably next year. I think Mario Golf isn't uh, out of the question. Yeah, but like those are the only two that they've ever consistently sort of kept up with and kept going. Like, I, I'm talking about, we never really saw Hoops 3 on 3 again after Strikers. We've never really heard anything about it since then. Mm. You've got, you know, um, God, if you if you really want go to uh, go into other things, you've got like Dance Mix. That never went back to anything. <laughs> Friggin', you know, I, I think they're trying to like, co- like collectively get all these things that probably seem a little less complicated into sports mix games, but then they also come out as much more bland games. I don't know whether that's because of the success of Wii Sports, but you know they're definitely not the same thing. Um, and it is it is kind of disappointing that we never really got a hoops three on three ever again. Um, and Strikers has been stupid stagnant uh, ever since. Um, but yet. I feel like the the series that are getting stagnant are golf and tennis and those those games like Hoops 3 on 3 and Strikers are not getting enough attention, um, especially since 
I feel like I feel like strikers and hoops are really high energy, right? In comparison to golf, which um, is more of a more of a lax type thing, and then you've got tennis, which should be high energy, but at the same time gets very bland very quickly. Yeah. Um, and I just yeah, it, it to me it just it just feels like that. As much as we want them to come back, I don't think it's going to happen. Mainly because whether it's due to sales or general public interest or whatever it may be, they just don't seem to get the same amount of clout as the other two two seem to. And I don't know how, because to be completely honest with you, Mario Tennis Asus was boring. Yeah. Like, yeah. I couldn't keep up with it, Yeah, honestly. It seems like one of those games that, yeah, sort of came and went. And I was thinking about the other day when I was thinking about um, if I had physical games, probably... The one Nintendo game I probably would trade in would be Mario Tennis Aces. It's just one of those. I did trade it in. <laughs> yeah, that that would be the one. Like I never trade in Nintendo games, but I reckon that one. But like you know what, I can make a bit of money back on this. Yeah, um, I I traded it in and gave up on it. I was like, no, nah, it's not keeping my interest mm. at all. And yeah. I was hyped for it. I was keen. So, uh, so something. So we we've got a we've got a. Uh, a developer here called Vampol. And Vampol is a Japanese developer of video games, uh, music software, computer software, and toys. And the games they uh, uh, made or at least co-developed were um, uh, We Play Motion, Dylan's Rolling Western, Dylan's Rolling Western, The Last Rancher. Uh, they co-developed uh, Chibi Robo uh, Zip Lash on Nintendo 3DS with Skip Limited, uh, Dylan's Dead Heat Breakers on Nintendo uh, 3DS, which actually came out only two years ago, 2018. And the mo- most recent uh, uh, Super Kirby Clash on Nintendo Switch, which they co-developed with uh, How Laboratories. So while that's not like a prominent developer and obviously they're not like a, a maker of some of our favorite games, they could be someone who uh, release a game coming up over the next year or so, whether it's just like smaller things that pop up on the eShop for like free to play or whatever. But um, probably won't necessarily be something we'll be all that interested in. Um, there's Intelligent Systems. Uh, with Fire Emblem, we know that they've sort of they're working more with uh, external teams to make Fire Emblem now. Um, they just released Paper Mario, and yeah, and they they also uh, do the WarioWare series and um, Pushmo series. So we could see maybe Pushmo being revived from the 3DS onto the Switch. Um, just my, give me WarioWare. My, yeah, my personal big one is I. I think out of all Nintendo franchises, uh, WarioWare is in the top five, which I want to see come to Switch. Uh, it would just be, it's just perfect for the system. I would love WarioWare anywhere. Like, I remember not yeah, thinking anyway. much. Let's bring another I, one I, out I, on Wii. <laughs> I remember not thinking much about it when I'd heard of it. Like, back back in GameCube era sort of thing. Like, oh, micro games, I don't really get it. But then when Touched come into our lives, I was like, holy shit. Holy This moly. is so much fun. This is so much fun. And then Smooth Moves come along like, oh my God, this is so much fun. And then after that, it went really dead for a while until Gold came out. Um, And Gold was awesome. It was, yeah. I really enjoyed it. And I would really love another home console WarioWare in the same vein as Smooth Moves because God, that game was good. Loved it so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely want to see a Switch version. Like the, it was great on 3DS, but it was at, it hit the point when uh, the 3DS was already like sort of like, all right, we've uh, put you to the side already. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. 
Um, this is an uh, interesting one. Like a, a lot of these uh, sort of uh, secondary, um, I guess, uh, partners that Nintendo works with, I haven't actually heard of a lot. So uh, Indies Zero. So just from Wikipedia, uh, in, uh, Indie Zero Corporation is a video game uh, company headquartered in uh, Tokyo, Japan. It was founded in April uh, 21st, 1997 and has developed for other video game uh, companies, including Nintendo, Sega, and Square Enix. And just pulling from the games they've made, so um, so for Square Enix, they made Fear uh, uh, to Rhythm, Final Fantasy, um, Ultimate NES Remix, and uh, NES Remix 2, which uh, were great games for the Wii U. Sort of like, I guess they sort of like made um, NES games as like WarioWare minigames almost. And it was a really great use of the touchscreen. And most recently, mm. they co-developed uh, Sushi Striker Way of the uh, Sushido uh, with Nintendo EPD. Um, mm. So that, um, yeah, Sushi Striker came out a few years ago now. So we could see something from that team if Nintendo is still working with them on a uh, second party uh, basis. And another big one also is uh, Grezzo. And most recently, they uh, did the uh, Link's Awakening remake on Switch last year. So it'd be interesting to see what they come with. It won't be for it won't be next year. We won't see anything from Grezzo, but um, most likely another Zelda project from them, maybe in twenty twenty two or something. That's what I brought up um, last week, actually, about when the patents were being renewed and Ocarina of Time was among amongst them, like Ocarina of Time three D. Like I don't I don't hold a lot of like hope to be completely honest with you, because it's like, obviously patterns get renewed all the time yeah. and trademarks get renewed all the time so that you can never really hold much of a candlelight to them. However, um, those, I guess, I guess remakes is, is the best way to put them of those games, uh, being Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. Those games are beautiful. And the fact that they're restricted to just the 3DS is kind of irritating. And I would love to play those games in like a bit more of a fuller glory. So I'm hoping in some sort of aspect, they do find their way over in some sort of port, uh, whether it be the Hero of Time collection or something. And it's just Oot 3D and Majora's Mask 3D upscaled, made better, all that stuff. Because... Yeah. um it's a real waste of potential otherwise because you know otherwise they're just going to go ahead and fall back on here is ocarina of time on the 64 which everybody will love for sure but oot 3d and majora's mask 3d would really benefit from a port more than the original would yeah absolutely and it makes me wonder too like grezzo they have a pretty big repertoire of uh, 3ds games with nintendo so they got um, yeah, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask and they actually did the Four Swords Anniversary Edition uh, for the 3DS as well as well yes, as uh, an original game Ever Oasis which would be pretty cool on Switch which was mm. sort of like a town building slash RPG it was pretty uh, interesting but it, it did come out at the time when when 3DS was sort of losing its luster and even I sort of went it looked cool but at the same time I was into other systems including the Switch um, so yeah, it would be cool to see some of those games come over and whether, I don't know how many teams Grezzo has within, I don't know how big they are. I'll click on them to see if I can see how big they are. The number of employees is 68. So they're a pretty small, um, team. So I wouldn't bet on them having too many teams within them to just do basic porting as well, but you never know. You might see some of those games come over. 
Um, mm-hmm. Which would be nice. <laughs> yeah. So next one is a feel good and oh, a good feel, sorry. <laughs> I mean, same thing. Uh, yeah, same so <laughs> their most recent game is Yoshi's Crafted World and they've done WarioWare Shake It, uh, Kirby's Epic Yarn um, and Yoshi's Woolly World on Wii U. Uh, so we could see something from these guys that has been... When was uh, Yoshi's Craft Wells? Early t- 2019, wasn't it? So it's only it's only been over a bit over a year, I guess. So it hasn't been that long. Um, so number of, number of number of employees there is 131. So they're a bit bigger, but they're not like a, a massive um, team either. Did you say Wario Land Shaker in that list? Uh, yeah, I did for the Wii. I would I, I would like to see that game ported over. Hmm. Like just because that's a that's a pretty pretty game for a Wario game. Yeah, I mean, you put that in HD and it's already sort of done its done most of the work. I know it's a fair yeah. bit to go and like um, touch up old artwork for HD. I know that's a, a big ask, but um, even I think it's on the Wii U um, eShop as well. I know not everyone listening to this has a Wii U and wants to go back to that thing, but uh, mm. it's definitely a game that's worth it, I feel. And it's a game I want to um, get through either good means or bad means. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, one we all know, Game Freak, who made the mainline Pokemon games. Uh, last year, they released Pokemon Sword and Shield, as well as uh, Little Town Hero. So, uh, both their main Pokemon team um, is working on uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield DLC, as well as what the Pokemon game next year is going to be, most likely, whether it's... Uh, don't know what it's going to be. I assume it's going to be uh, another set of remakes for the Generation 4 of four games, but... You never know, but I reckon we'll get a game next year around holiday time. Um, mm. But yeah, apart from like their second team, which is I think their gear initiative where they sort of um, put together a, a, a bit of a smaller team and people pitch ideas and the ones that win go through and get made into a full games and um, Little Town Hero was a part of that program. So that came out last year. So I don't expect anything uh, smaller like that to be coming out anytime soon either, but um, yeah, no. Poke- Game Freak's a bit more of an obvious one. Um, as well as Creatures. So Creatures is a, a part of the Pokemon company who work alongside and make sort of other uh, more spin-off Pokemon games. So um, they make the Pokemon Ranger series. They made Poker Park, Pikachu's Adventure, and they made Detective Pikachu on uh, 3DS as well. So they're most likely the ones working on the Detective Pikachu sequel that's coming to Switch. And we never heard of apart from... I don't think it was even the logo when, you know... The presentation when Pokemon uh, Sleep was announced. That's probably the most prominent one people remember. So mm. they're most likely working on Detective Pikachu 2. And don't know, that could very well be next year. Or it could be a long ways off. I'm not quite sure. Depends on how COVID sort of has affected creatures. And yeah, that's like, right. creatures also, they'll be doing a fair bit of work on you know, Pokemon trading cards and Pokemon uh, game coming out next year and the DLC. Like they've got a big part in that. But just going to their page, how many employees? So they've got 144 employees. So also not not like a massive team, but that's sort of like what a lot of these teams are. They're just uh, more independent ones that Nintendo sort of partners with through either just like affiliate partnerships or they are second parties and like Pokemon um, own like a part of the Pokemon IP. Yeah. Um, so there's uh, Umbrella, and th- they also work on a lot of uh, Pokemon stuff as well. So they've got Pokemon, they make Pokemon Rumble, uh, hey, you Pikachu, my Pokemon Ranch, Pokemon Dash, and Pokemon Channel. So, not the best uh, <laughs> Pokemon spin-off games in there, but um, also could be another contender for some Pokemon games next year. 
Uh, we did talk about Camelot um, games. Um, so they are they make the Pokemon, not the Pokemon. They make the Mario uh, sports games, including Mario Sports um, Superstars, which was I can't remember if it's the 3DS one or Wii one. I can't quite remember, but um, they very well could have Mario Golf or Mario Sports um, as the next game. And was it was it a few weeks ago when the Mario Sports trademark came up or was leaked or something? Can't quite remember. I think it was just the trademark. Yeah, I um, think that was I think it was about a month ago. Yeah. So I think Camelot's yeah. next game could very well be a Mario Sports uh, um, mix type <laughs> situation. It's not uh, what I want. Yeah. Another one people would really want for Camelot is uh, the Golden Sun series to return. A very mm. prominent game on the Game Boy Advance, and I uh, got a sequel on the DS, uh, which uh, wasn't quite as well received, but um, still good. For it. I actually, got a sequel. It was pretty exciting at the time. I don't think Golden Sun will ever come back. It's just a meme at this point. Yeah, like I, I think that I think they're right and done with it. I, I don't think they have any plans to revisit it whatsoever, unless they're maybe doing like a console remake or something that's in like 3D or whatever. I don't. For them to do that at this point and make like a Golden Sun sequel, there'd be nobody interested. Yeah. So they would probably have to reboot the whole thing. Uh, I'm just looking here because the, obviously Nintendo published it on the Game Boy Advance, but I'm not sure of Nintendo's actual, uh, like what their ownership, or if they own it or uh, what. I assume they do own it. I always assumed it was a Nintendo uh, property, but it very well might not be, but not, mm. not too sure. Yeah. They. That's why we've probably no, never heard anything about it since then. Yeah, very well. Because like Camelot, they might actually own some of the Golden Sun IP, hence why Nintendo doesn't not too worry about making another one because uh, they won't get they won't get as much profit if they just you know do a Mario RPG or Zelda or whatever it is. Um, yeah, that's what happens with a lot of these companies where it's like we could make seventy percent if we do Golden Sun, but we could also make a hundred percent if we do one of our IPs. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, another one, Sora Limited, obviously, which did Kid Icarus Uprising and the, and the Super Smash Bros. games from Wii U, 3DS, and Ultimate with uh, Bandai, Bandai Namco Studios. Uh, yeah, I mean, from Sora, what I'd love after Super Smash Bros. would be a return to Kid Icarus. Uh, really, really awesome game. Uh, one of my favorites, to be honest, on the 3DS and probably in general. Like, I absolutely love that game. So I would love mm-hmm. to see maybe a sequel to that, but... Um, it'd be interesting to see what uh, Sakurai does after Smash Bros. Whether he just never leaves Smash Bros. Because the DLC makes some makes Nintendo a lot of money, or uh, what they'll get up to. What do you think he, he could do after Smash DLC, Bryce? I just want him to do more Kid Icarus. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like, like yeah. the thing is, is like I I sunk a lot of time into that game. I really like that game. Um, and I know it's got horrendous controls and all that stuff, and that that's kind of lame, sure, but. Uh, for what it had in horrendous controls, it also had like some pretty phenomenal gameplay for what it was worth. It had a lot of uniqueness to it. There was always dialogue flooding about the place. All these characters that were in the Kid Icarus universe all of a sudden had a, had a lot of personality. Everybody knows who Viridi is now, for example. Like mm. before, it was like, here is Pit, here is Palutena, you do your thing, go kill Medusa. But now it's like, Everybody knows who Viridi is and, uh, you know, there are people like us who are like, get Hades and smash. Yeah, um, that's what I voted for. I voted for Hades. He, 
because he was a fucking cool character. He was, yeah. Hopefully, he was really good. I hope the I hope my ballot came across Sakurai's desk. And he's like, yeah, yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate that, Hades too. He <laughs> was so good, and like, um, just just getting that whole that whole game, like the hype leading up to that game, was like, oh, this is gonna be awesome. Because at the time, um, uh, Pit came out in Smash. Like we'd we'd everybody had just assumed that we'd completely forgotten about Kid Icarus, never going to happen ever again. And then that game happened. Yeah. And um, despite despite the backlash on its horrendous controls and all that crap and whatever it may be, it had such such an awesome. It was such an awesome time from start to finish. Like I don't think I ever got bored. The character um, interactions uh, really made that game. Just as you're oh, going through it, just. A lot of people like a lot of people like oh shut up I'm sick of I'm sick of them talking but I absolutely loved them just being able to just talking back and forth between Pit the bad guy like some allies you have in whatever it is in that particular level like there's always back and forth and it's always funny or interesting or um, yeah I just absolutely love it like it's a, it's a game that you definitely need the audio for because it's kind of like <laughs> the the sort of tracks in the background are kind of like a podcast in some ways like they're always talking <laughs> and it's uh, yeah. it's pretty cool. Um, oh, it was just one of the best experiences on the 3DS in general. Yeah, and like even even if like you know they managed to sort of move it over, port it, whatever, but upscale it, sort of remake it, I would I would probably prefer. But just do something like that, and then put that out there, and then gauge that on the Switch audience just to see where it goes. Um, because even the multiplayer, the multiplayer was extremely diverse. Like, yeah, so that you could. With, with proper controls and like getting like proper fleshed out, that multiplayer could be awesome. Yeah, because like I played that multiplayer for a bit too because I was like, damn, this is really cool and I like the intuitive system they got going on there because you would create your own arms sort of thing um, and you could take weapons that you've earned and you could mash them together and I like the combinations that you could come up with that just made some really cool shit was just like, I remember I had like a really light pair of brawler gloves um, that could attack like five times in one second or something. And I managed to get that through like heaps of like consecutive uh, merges and merges and merges and merges until I got like right down to brass tacks and made like a really, really fast um, gloves weapon. And it was just awesome. Like I I liked, I liked the intuitive, the uh, intuitive, bits of that and like how that would sort of mesh with you can create your own weapon and you can get really good with it and sort of display your skill not just as like a a general player but also as somebody who gets really into the not very complicated but very um customizable crafting system for weapons like it was really, really good. Like I, I, I really don't understand how they couldn't capitalize off it and make a sequel, as mm. uh, far as I have. Whether whether it's just been Sakurai who's been so smashed with Smash work. Well, or that, well, that's definitely yeah. what happened because he moved on to remember at twenty uh, was it twenty eleven? Like all right, Smash Bros is coming to Wii U and three DS, and oh, yeah, I, yeah. I think uh, Sakurai's like all right, and then like a few months after he had slideshows, which he showed the. Uh, Showed the board at Nintendo and um, we actually got access to them a few years later and got to see it all and how all the ideas came together. So he has been busy since with Smash and uh, we know that the Smash DLC is going to be coming out until twenty the end of 2021. So uh, no Kid Icarus from Sora Limited anytime soon. 
I really, I really hope he gets the opportunity to go and just run with it and make a new Kid Icarus game. Um, I not, not just, not just for the sake of like, you know, him doing something different, but the, for the sake of the character of Pit and that entire universe, because it is a terrible waste mm. to sort of throw that. I, I really did not give a shit about Pit before that game, like the most pit was to me was he was your main in smash brawl yeah yeah so Other than that, see yeah i was stoked but my character actually got fleshed out in the game as well so that was another mm. layer on um, why i love that game so much yeah um but yeah um because from that from that year uh was it 20, yeah, 2012 uh another one of my favorite games on the playstation vita came out which was gravity rush and gravity rush uh got a sequel and it was even less likely to get a sequel so nintendo Pull your thumb out your bum and make a sequel to <laughs> Kid Icarus Uprising, for goodness sakes. Just let, just let Sakurai do it, please. Yeah, like, you know it's the right decision. <laughs> let Sakurai do it. He's already producer on bloody Smash DLC and all that. Do, but Do you happen to know what Uprising actually managed in sales? I don't. Off, off I'll, look it, I'll look it up. You look, you look it up. So I'm going to move on to How Laboratory, and a lot of Nintendo fans know How Laboratory pretty well. Uh, makers of Kirby, and that's actually where uh, Sakurai came from. He's the creator of Kirby, and Kirby is a, a series that uh, HAL Laboratories manage. Um, but looking at their output on Nintendo Switch, it's been a bit, it's been a bit whatever actually. It's just been uh, a couple of Kirby games and uh, Box Boy plus Box Girl. Um, so in 2018, uh, the main Kirby game came out, which was Kirby Star Allies, which was that sort of co-op um, Kirby game, which was a which was probably one of the first uh, first party Nintendo games on Switch where I'm like, you know what, don't need that. 80 bucks, uh, not really that necessary. But um, Box Boy and Box Girl coming out in 2019, that was a really uh, quite a cool uh, little co-op puzzle game as well. And it was a series that was pretty pretty well loved on 3DS. So whether they have like other little games that are going to come out like that, uh, not, not quite sure. But it'll be good to see some more eShop-centric games coming out. On 3ds, they put out a, a fair bit of content. They did a Face Raiders, which was the the, the uh, I guess uh, the the face game where you took a picture of your face and it went on onto these things and like it animated your face and you like shot balls at them to get points, which was a part of the actual built-in software on the 3ds. They did Kirby Triple Deluxe, Kirby uh, Fighters Deluxe, DDD's uh, uh, Drum Dash Deluxe, which I actually don't know what Drum Dash Deluxe is. Uh, Box Boy, they did uh, Picross 3D, Box Box Boy, uh, Kirby uh, Planet uh, Robot, Robot Bot, uh, Bye Bye Box Boy. Um, so they did it. They did a bunch of stuff on 3DS as well. So we probably will see something from uh, How Laboratory um, coming up soon, maybe even early 2022, unless they got some uh, stuff that works. So there's some other uh, second party uh, developers going on. But we'll go up to some more of their partners. So, um, obviously, Retro Studios is their only um, American-owned uh, uh, studio. And as we talked, Metroid Prime is not coming anytime soon. Um, ND Cube, which is a Nintendo uh, subsidiary and a Japanese video game developer based in Japan with offices in Tokyo. Um, they were actually the makers of F-Zero Maximum Velocity and uh, Tube Slider, which I'm not sure what Tube Slider is, but they're mainly <laughs> they're mainly known for Wii Party and then, uh, then taking over the Mario Party series after Hudson Soft was uh, evolved, uh, absorbed into Konami. So they sort of took over the Mario Party series uh, with Mario Party 8, I believe, and 
that's when Mario Party became pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when these guys took over. But with their recent uh, offerings with uh, Super Mario Party on Switch, I think it sort of turned stuff around. Um, it's a great game. I think it was just lacking content. And a lot of people mm. that really love that game are just kind of like, when's the DLC coming out? Because every other um, game on Switch was getting a nice amount of DLC. Um, but it's a bit it's obvious why that didn't happen because they also developed uh, 51 Worldwide Games, which came out earlier this year, um, two years after. So it was about a two-year dev cycle for that game to come out. Clubhouse Games. So we probably won't see anything from then them anytime soon either. Um, whether it's no. probably, whether it's the next Mario Party in another couple of years or just something different, mini game focused. Um, so this is one that's close to you, Bryce. So Monolith Soft. Oh baby. Um, so just hit me with it right now. When do we reckon we'll see something next from Monolith Soft? We obviously got a Xenoblade Definitive Edition earlier this year, which was uh, ported and made by them. Um, do you think we'll see a third uh, game in the series or exported or what? What are you feeling from them? For a long time, they've struggled with staffing, and it's mainly because they also assisted on games like Breath of the Wild, and they're also more than likely assisting on Breath of the Wild 2 as well. Yeah, so they definitely will it, be, yeah. You know, it, it, it's not going to happen anytime soon. Um, they did have a announcement for a... Um, well, they were hiring, hiring for a project a while ago that um, definitely... I, I don't think it would have been... Um, definitive edition because I dare say definitive edition would have been well in development by the time they were um, hiring. Yeah. Um, but given given that the way that uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Two had ended, this is spoilers, but it does uh, you know it does allude to the fact that there is like an impending three anyway, uh, which. You know, given given time, um, we'll hear something about it. But whether it's within this generation or the next one is like entirely uncertain. Um, I think the only thing that they could possibly do, like right this moment, just to get a game out in the wild, is Port X, which they've been reluctant on doing, and everybody's not like everybody's <laughs> yeah. starting to wake up to X because they're kind of just like, wow, X was actually a really cool in concept game for Xenoblade that never took off because the Wii U sucked. Yeah. So I, I'm I, really um, hoping. Yeah. Sorry. When I was watching 2014's uh, E3 direct the other day and that's when that game was announced. And I still remember my feeling when they have like the mech on top of the cliff and it like does the pan across the world. And like in 2014 and even now it's like, Wow. It was it's mm-hmm. impressive, man. It was just a, a really cool game, and uh, it was it wasn't much of a graphical powerhouse, but just the way it looked and what you did was really cool. And it's it's a game yeah. I need to play. And I think after watching that direct, I was actually like, you know what, I want to go back and actually play some Wii U games. Um, X being mm-hmm. one of them. Um, but it's, um, it's 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 one of those risks where it's like, oh, what if it gets ported the Switch and, <laughs> and I'm stuck with my save file on halfway through on Wii U and yeah, I don't know. But yeah. Um, with me playing Xenoblade Chronicles X first, I didn't really get the combat system, which kind of made me feel a little bit icky about it, and I kind of fell out of it um, after about anywhere between five to ten hours. Uh, once I played the first game, uh, emulated, of course, um, <laughs> I of course uh, I started to get a handle on it, and I started to understand it more. And then Xenoblade Chronicles Two. 
I really started to get a handle on of it, uh, like handle on it and understand exactly like the nuances of what I should be aware of and like how AI party members tend to tend to act to certain things, even though they're completely separate games. They do have like these little things where um, they just sort of act the same between each games to the point where you can sort of pick out what they're going to do next. And while they run on auto run and they try to follow you up as much as they can, you do know where their strengths and weaknesses lie. Um, and for X, like, I think that was like the biggest, the biggest problem I was having was trying to figure out how these party members interact, like on a, on a safer level. So I went back to X after finishing those two, um, after not touching my Wii U in years, like literal years. And it's the only Wii U game I've gone back to play to this day. And I'm very, very glad I did. Um, I enjoyed every moment of it, even when I was just playing for that that ten hours before I put it down. Um, like I was just having fun running around the world because the world is ginormous and there's so much to see and there's like huge ginormous monsters that like you wouldn't even think you'd see in a video game unless it was like think think like levels of uh, Shadow of the Colossus type huge. Um, probably even bigger in some respects, but like mm. the drive for me to go back and finish that game after finishing the other two was like, all right, I'm going back and finishing it because I've, I've developed this big love of Xenoblade and um, going back and finishing it was one of the most satisfying things I've ever done. So uh, in video gaming, that is. So I, it, it really, I really do want it ported just so I can get the online functionality part of it because by the time I'd gone back to it the online the online functionality was dead so it was sort of like I would I would love to see that community ro- like rise back up again and uh, give it another crack with a better install base for one um and really give X and and like another proper go um because just just going through that world in its own is enough for me to go back and jump in and have fun. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, I think uh, just like looking at from from the very much the outside, just it would be cool to get a port of X next year, but I don't know if they want to be releasing two sort of ports or definitive editions in a row, but um, we'll see because I think it's definitely a game that will hopefully come eventually. Considering considering the fact that like Wii U ports are in the droves now, uh, and it's not too it's obviously not too hard to port them over, um, because otherwise they wouldn't be porting them over in droves. Uh, and the fact that they already have a limited team as it is, and s- some of that team's obviously going to be working on Breath of the Wild too. I think I think it's very possible it will be another port in a row for them. Um, and the demand has gotten higher and higher ever since uh, Chronicles Definitive Edition came out. They're like, please, please just give us the whole collection on there. <laughs> like, because if if we get X on there, that's it. They've got all of the Xenoblade on there. So it's just like, cool. Um, and hopefully it pushes on and they they sort of get the hint. They're like, all right, all right, we'll port it over. That's That's kind of what the angle that everybody's going for when asking for this. So um, I would not be disappointed if it was another port and that was announced for next year and it was one of their filler games uh, rather than something brand new. Um, 
yeah, I don't think anybody would have complaints really, to be honest. It's no. a game that deserved a hell of a lot more attention for how technically impressive it was. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so the next one that's on the list, and this is where it starts getting a little bit murky as far as what games they've made and not just uh, had their hand in sort of uh, supporting other studios, is uh, 1UP Studios. And uh, long-time Nintendo fans probably know these guys as uh, Brownie Brown. And uh, some uh, standout games that they've made in the past is uh, Mother 3. Uh, and they've also... Um, Looks like they've lent a hand in Super Mario 3D Land um, Fantasy Life, which was on the 3DS, and that was actually published by Level 5, as, as well as a, a Flipnote Studios uh, 3D, uh, Legend of Zelda Triforce Heroes, Captain Toad, Treasure Tracker, and uh, probably most recently, Wii Fit Ad- Adventure. Um, but there's, they also looks like they've had a supporting role in Animal Crossing New Horizons. So when um when these ne- this is where it gets a bit murky because it's kind of hard to know like exactly what they're up to and how many uh, people they've got helping on Animal Crossing and how many people they've got on a unique game and um from the the figures here of how many employees they have as of 2020 it's only 60 so very small team mm. um but yeah this is where this is where it gets murky because uh, Nintendo's sort of move things around so it's hard to know when exactly like we'll we'll see like stuff from One Up Studios. Um, because we can't just go, all right, Treasure Tracker came out now. There's been three years in between. Maybe we're getting something pretty imminent <laughs> next year, but mm. it's a bit it's a bit harder than that with that. Um, so who knows when we get something from uh, 1UP Studio, but um, yeah, <laughs> don't know on that one. Yeah, don't know at all. Yeah. Um, IQ that came out recently in the news. So uh, basically this is where all the leaks came from, <laughs> all the Nintendo leaks from uh, hacking into IQ servers. So IQ were basically uh, made to sort of get Nintendo hardware and uh, games into China. Um, but I'll just I'll bring up the article here and give you a bit more information on it. Um, they're, they're a support company. Uh, it was founded as a joint uh, between uh, Wii Yen and Nintendo in 2002 as a Chinese video game console manufacturer company. The following year, the company released the IQ Player and the company had manufactured and distributed Nintendo products for the mainline of China market under the IQ brand in 2019. Or, uh, 2018, sorry. Um, by 2018, Nintendo had ceased any official uh, distribution of older game consoles into mainline China under the IQ brand. Nintendo partnered with Tencent to bring its Nintendo Switch into the heavily regulated Chinese market by the end of 2019. Uh, since 2017, IQ continues operations by offering customer support for any previously unreleased products, translating games. Um, in 20, 2019, IQ began to hire for developers with programmers and testers, indicating that the company was transitioning to be a development company to support game projects, pro, uh, projects for development division Nintendo EPD. So IQ are now becoming a yeah, support group for main Nintendo games at the EPD. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, just a little interesting tidbit. Obviously, we don't know any like they don't have a big reputation for making uh, games, but they're going to be another one that's going to be sort of uh, in the credits, as as say mm. for some of these games. Yeah. All right. So this is where it gets real messy. Now we're going into actual Nintendo <laughs> groups. So there's Nintendo Network Service Database. Um. So what do these guys do? It's got Nintendo European Development and Research, Nintendo Technology Development. If I click on them, 
That's the thing. Like nothing anymore just has like um, straightforward names. <laughs> they all just want to confuse you now. Yeah. Because before it was, they were just like labeled like one, two, three, and four, like main yeah. main groups at Nintendo. Whereas now it's uh, pretty different. Mm-hmm. But we do know like the 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 main the main Mario uh, developer, which was a EPD Group One initially before the change in two thousand eighteen. <laughs> I'm just going to roll with that. Um, so every they basically do the three D Mario games, and they were on a schedule for every three years getting a brand new Mario title out. So mm-hmm. with Mario Odyssey coming out at the end of two thousand and seventeen, um, with now we're in twenty twenty three years later. That's why I'm pretty confident that we are at least going to see ports of a Mario game, um, even if it's not a brand new one, because development development might have been slowed down by COVID. Uh, but that's why I'm pretty certain that they're probably going to be the next ones to have a game announced whether it is just uh, ports or um, a bit of a, a bit of a collection together. Sorry, I just got distracted. The rain comes is coming down again and I'm hearing it. It, it, makes, is, me, it yeah. makes me worried. <laughs> <laughs> Unless Paper Mario was supposed to be... I mean, I know it's not developed by them, but at the same time... Mm. Well, that's the thing. It's supposed yeah. to be this year's Mario game. Yeah, well, obviously that was in... That's intelligent systems that they make in the Paper Mario games forever. And... In in the initial, we talked about just like a bit earlier, but the initial leaks were Paper Mario, Pikmin Three, then the Mario Three D World port, as well as um, the collection. Yeah. Um, so I guess uh, going off the old terminology as well, um, MPD uh, Group uh, Two, who usually do uh, Legend of Zelda, um, produced by Mister Anuma, who um, obviously did Breath of the Wild. Obviously, Breath of the Wild 2 has already been announced. We know that's going to be coming one day at the very least. It's a thing that's going to be happening. So who knows? Bryce put his hands up like, yeah, some, sometime. Bryce, when, when's your renewed bet? Um, when's, it, when's it happening? Um, renewed bet. <laughs> I probably... Probably hunkered down Q3, Q4, 2021. Um, because by the time it's okay, it's either Q3, Q4, 2021, or around the same date the Breath of the Wild one was released. Mm. Um, the reason being is because if they are going to miss the Christmas deadline this year, then they've already missed the mark, right? Um, that's where like all the big sales of it are going to be, whatever. Um, if they move it towards around the time that Breath of the Wild was released, uh, it would sort of be like a good, like proper gap, I guess, between the two games in terms of like the exact amount of years between each one. Mm. Um, but Q3, Q4 also works as it's stood, sort of starting to peak into the holiday season again as well. So like Q3 into Q4. Um, and that's when they would pick up more sales for it. Uh, it would also be the 35th year of Zelda. So any time is really good. Like it, that's, I think that's the one thing that makes it really hard to gauge is any time that year is technically good for a Zelda release. Um, 
so those are kind of just my two my two points where I'm like that's definitely where they could release them. That'd be good. Um, next up, so th- this is this is a, a company that I came aware of through Metroid Prime Hunters on 3ds, but Nintendo mm. Software Technology and um, actually actually um, misspoke when I said Retro Studios was uh, the only uh, American developer on the thing. Um, uh, Nintendo Software to- Technology is an American uh, video game developer, and it was created as a first party developer to create games for the North American market. And uh, yeah, so one of one of my favorite games of theirs is Metroid Prime Hunters for the DS, and other games you'll probably recognize is uh, Mario vs Donkey Kong Two, March of the Minis. They did the translation from J- uh, Japanese to English for Sin and Punishment. Uh, they worked on Super Smash Bros Brawl, and they've done uh, other Mario vs Donkey Kong games as uh, as well as um, oh, they actually ported uh, Super Mario Maker for 3DS as well. And uh, most recently, by by the look of things, they've um, been supporting indie developers to bring games to Switch. So at 2017, at the launch for Switch, they uh, supported uh, Snipperclips. And uh, most recently, in 2019 and 2020, they've uh, supported the, uh, the the Sketches, or the Stetches, sorry. Um, I don't know if you remember that game when it came out. I never actually got to play it. And uh, only recently, Good Job, which was an indie game that um, came out, they helped yeah. de- development support on that too. So they haven't um, sort of uh, done their own game in a long time. It wasn't since uh, uh, 2016 with uh, Mario, uh, Mini Mario and Friends, the the Amiibo Challenge sort of uh, free-to-play game on Wii U. That was the last game. But most recently, they've just been porting uh, Wii U games to uh, 3DS and uh, Captain Toad to Switch. Oh, and 3DS too. I forgot that came to 3DS, Captain Toad. I completely <laughs> forgot about <laughs> yeah, that. It did. Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like reading through this and actually like um, learning. You're stuff having too. some clarity moments, yeah. Yeah, because they did you know, the they did the Nintendo 64 emulator for the Wii. Um, they did the Kirby <laughs> Channel for the Wii. They did the the Wii U Chat. Yeah, right. Wii Street U. You mean the Wii U Chat that didn't work, and we tried to get work on several occasions, and it didn't. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not the best bit on their resume there. <laughs> But yeah, that's always an interesting one because I, I always remember, because I always remember that yeah they made Metroid Prime uh, Hunters and it wasn't obviously wasn't a, a retro studio thing and that's why I feel like the uh, the single player was so cut together and just like whatever, but the multiplayer was fantastic. Mm. And with like, yeah. I think with their aim to sort of appeal more to uh, the American market, I feel like that's why the multiplayer was so good, especially back in two thousand five, when like you know Halo was uh, you know king and like call of duty was starting the takeoff and all that so that's probably where and they came up to with that i know i know hunter's story is kind of bland and boring and stuff like that but i i do think that more or less it come it comes down to repetitive design whereas the lore of the stuff and all that if you're willing to scan everything was fairly juicy yeah i don't know yeah, yeah definitely like, like, yeah just the scanning in all the Prime games was like, you know, I guess interesting if you want all those little tidbits. Mm. And I, I, I did find myself in uh, Prime Hunters just like scanning way too much because <laughs> there's there's a lot to scan. And mm. like if you want that little percentage to go up, you've got to uh, make sure you miss nothing because if you don't scan the boss and you move on, that's it. 
Yeah, you're stuffed. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, typically looking back on now, I actually hate that when you can like miss stuff. But it is what it is. And then the fact I think you had to scan every individual boss as well, considering, uh, but in consideration of the fact that like every time you went to a new world, the main boss was the same fucking thing. Yeah. It was just like either, yeah. the, either the tower or the flower thing. Yep. Yeah, and you had to scan it no matter what. It doesn't matter if you've technically already seen it before. You had to scan it again. Yeah, because technically it had like a different weapon. It's like okay, I guess that I guess that counts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so we're just getting to the last bit now, and I'm just it goes off like the the central buildings that Nintendo owns and what development teams are in each one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is how much this I think they need to actually like n- nail down their marketing for each studio. Because I think it's um really beneficial for both Xbox and PlayStation to have like you know Xbox Studios you know you can point to three four three you can point point to Double Fine you can point to whoever the same way PlayStation does with all their studios but with Nintendo it's just so they just like it's a Nintendo game but personally for me as a big big nerd I want to know like which one developed which, it yeah yeah which one because like you know at with a with like Nintendo Directs. Um, in the past, like the 2014, I just watched. Like you have a good feel or feel good, not like a good feel. Sit down and be like, all right, this, these are the the producer and all of that, and this is what we're thinking about in the development process of making the game. But uh, we haven't got that recently, and just with like no. everything changing around and not knowing how these games are made necessarily, it's it kind of, it's kind of frustrating as a fan that like mm. even me who pays this much attention to it, it's like, okay, so this. This team helped on this game, but then, <laughs> yeah, and and not, and it's not like a Sony's not in that position either. Like if you look at the credits for The Last of Us Part Two, um, there's like there's development studios in China and different special effects studios all over the world helping with the game. It's not just all Naughty Dog, but they do have the Naughty yeah. Dog branding that it was made by them. Yeah. So there's four there's four buildings uh, that. Nintendo is uh, mainly located in. So there's Nintendo Central Central Office, which is in Kyoto. Um, it says here, formerly Nintendo uh, EAD Research and Development. Uh, then there's the uh, Nintendo Kyoto Research Institute, which has Nintendo SPD Intelligent Systems, uh, which moved because we talked about like moving buildings a few episodes ago. I was like, all right, which you know, Game Freak is now in in a building with Nintendo. So what's the Nintendo SPD is Nintendo Software Planning and Development Division, commonly mm-hmm. abbreviated SPD, which was a research and planning development division housed inside Nintendo Development Center in Kyoto, Japan. Development had two departments, Software and Planning and Development and Development Department, which was co-produced games, external developers, and software. Yeah, so this, this is just a mess. <laughs> but I think from, yeah. from going through the studios, whether it's uh, partners, second-party developers... Um, or just like some of the Nintendo developer um, <laughs> teams we can nail down. I think 2020 was always going to be a slow year, whether it was COVID or not, because just the way a lot of these releases lined up, whether it was from Next Level Games or it was a Mario, Mario game or a Zelda game, whether it was um, Mario Party or a Mario sports game, it was always going to be a year that was going to be pretty quiet. Um so I don't think this was always, I don't think really think this is affected by COVID necessarily, but um, 
Is there anyone else you can think of, Bryce? We're like, oh no, they could have, uh, they could potentially re- release a game early twenty twenty one. But I mean, um, I think it more comes down to collaboration events than anything mm. uh, that would have fueled this year, and whether that's been, you know, delayed or pushed back by COVID or what have you is is up in the air. I mean, there's still a lot of games that are sort of, you know intended for this year whether it be like bravely devolt 2 or what have you um yeah and at the end of the day like whether whether they had any plans with any other developers or whether they had anything in-house i do think you're correct to a certain degree um covid covid hasn't really stopped heaps from happening but I do feel like what it's going to affect is the holiday season more than anything else. Uh, that being said, like with the Microsoft side and the Sony side of things, they've tried to let it not hinder them too much at all, except for maybe Halo's delay. But that was more down to quality issues um, and yeah. wanting to work on that. So it's more up to fan demand. Um, and unfortunately COVID does elongate that because they have to do a lot of their shit remotely to stay safe in most cases. Um, so yeah, it was, it was always going to be a slow year, whether, whether there were, it's even slower than it was before because of some pushbacks or what have you is probably another question. Cause they are, they are unusually quiet this year. Yeah. Um, which is which is a little concerning and sort of speaks to the fact that you know COVID's obviously affected something. Um, whether it's affected uh, more than what we see is really the question, I guess. Yeah, and I mean for like 2018, it felt like a pretty packed year, but the biggest games did come towards the end, which were like Pokemon Let's Go, as well as a uh, Super Smash Bros Ultimate, but. Um, Throughout the rest of the year, there wasn't there wasn't like a massive amount of games that year either. It was a pretty slow year. Then the next year we got, you know, Link's Awakening, we got Luigi's Mansion 3, we got Marvel's Ultimate Alliance. Like there was a lot of games last year. Like it was a packed year. So I feel like this year was just one of those years where it's a bit of a bit of a slow one again. And mm-hmm. maybe next year we'll be getting a few more games, or maybe next year is when we'll really see the uh, the effects of um development being slowed down by covid but yeah i just feel i just felt like that was a, a bit of a good topic to go over because a lot of people are like where are the games it's like well they're making them <laughs> <laughs> pretty much yeah. yeah and i mean obviously when it comes to big titles on their lists uh, that are completely brand new and aren't ports like when you're looking into the future the only thing we're really very clear on is um zelda that's in house so yeah, um, I guess it's it's just it's just a wait and see thing. So uh, we'll definitely hear something this year, I think, but it won't be to the end of the year. Um, and expect, I, I I think expect at least the next two months to be pretty dry on news. Yeah, I do too. I hope we get maybe a direct just going over some of the Mario stuff if that is real. Um, mm. If not, it's going to be. It's going to be a pretty disappointing holiday season for Nintendo, but you know what? I'm 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 pretty uh, I'm pretty lax on it all. You know, it's it's, it's, yeah. it's been a pretty pretty crap year for everyone. So it's kind of like, well, 
it's been pretty bad for Nintendo. They don't owe us anything, but I think also like a Mario sort of collection would be like the perfect thing just to sort of distract us from um, all the crap that's gone on this year. Yeah. All right, Bryce, that brings us to the end, my friend. Anything else you'd like to say before we peter off into the distance? No, I think I've said enough. (laughs) (laughs) I think I've said enough. We have said enough. It's been a long episode. Everyone, thank you very much for listening to The House of Mario, episode 155. It's been a long one. Yeah, like I said, it's been a long one. So if you've reached this this far, thank you very much. You uh, supporting this podcast means the world to both myself and Bryce. And we couldn't thank you anymore. If you'd like to thank myself, if you'd like to thank myself, if you'd like to follow myself, <laughs> you can um, you can follow me on Twitter at iDruby. You can follow the show at The House of Mario. Bryce loves it. And you can follow Bryce at IV Revan. Don't forget, we are launching uh, The House of Mario Encore this week. Uh, go to your podcast service of choice, search The House of Mario Encore, give it a subscribe, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If we reach 50, we will give away a Nintendo Switch game to one of you lovely people who took the time to do it. And I know a lot of the time where people are like, oh, please leave us a review. It really helps out. I'm like, yes, yes, I will. But like, you know, you're busy at the time. You're doing things. You're not on your phone. But I really do ask because it really will help us with uh, getting that show off the ground. And yeah. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what we would love to do. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Bryce, Nintendo Jukebox this week is by Pelike, and it is a, a cover of Life Light from Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. And oh, I, beautiful. And I, yes, I just want to say that Pelike is one of my favorite artists who does covers on YouTube. He does amazing, amazing covers of a lot of anime songs, um, he's done like all of the Pokemon themes, all the Digimon themes. He just does heaps. So he's definitely mm-hmm. worth subscribing to on uh, YouTube as well as following on Spotify, Apple Music or whatever service you use. So definitely do that. And since uh, we are on YouTube now, I've got to be a bit wary about how Nintendo Jukebox is going to work now. But uh, copyright is of 2020 Pelike, so don't sue us, Pelike. We're trying to... We're trying to don't know. You've got like over a million subscribers, so you don't need us at all. But I mean, here we are. Or you could... <laughs> Well, you could just cut the episode at the end there. Yeah. That's that's really up to... Like, we never discussed this, actually. Yeah. Well, it's going to go with the music this week. Uh, okay. But we'll see what happens. But if you're listening to audio, here it is, as usual. So until next week, guys, the House of Mario... Well, the doors to the House of Mario, not just the House of Mario. Like, we're still here, but it's just the doors are closed. <laughs> They're closed. Bryce, can you close them for me? They're a bit stuck. You took your time there, mate. All right, catch you later. Jesus, mate. Yeah.